This episode is supported by Dove. Over half the girls around the world suffer from low self-esteem, which causes them to opt out of important life activities and puts their health at risk. The Dove Self-Esteem Project is the world's largest provider of self-esteem education and teaches the next generation to feel comfortable in their own skin by working with schools. Dove has created and uses educational, evidence-based resources that are designed to help young girls and boys reach their full potential. They cover topics like bullying and social media to help young people build a positive relationship with the way they look. You can get these printable resources to help increase self self-esteem in young people in your life at dove.ca slash self-esteem. But Alex. Yeah, Shane. Let's begin this episode. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. The babies are in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree Podcast, episode 75. And 75 is a big number, and this is a big episode. It's called a super sode. It's called a super sode. Our first guests are Cat and Nat. You probably know them if you're hearing this, if you're in the mom world, if you're in the adult world at all. They are businesswomen, authors, podcasters of the very popular Mom Truths podcast, and they're hosts of their very own live show. Like they tour all around to do this, and they're they're just amazing at everything they take on. Very requested guest. Oh, wildly, yeah. And you were very nervous to talk to them. And I said, Alex, they're nice people. And you were like, they're going to be mean to me. <laughs> didn't say that i just said said, it exactly like that i I did not i said that they're so funny and i was nervous to interview them because they are very funny and they are very smart and i was just they might not like you i thought they might not like me because they're just so funny and i'm just uh you know unfunny mom yeah that's true i I can uh, i'll (laughs) agree with that (laughs) but what i was i was scared they wouldn't like me you know because some of their stuff is like it's like they, they're no-nonsense comedy. They tell it like it is. So I watched some interviews, and it really put me at ease because they really are very sweet people. Oh, my gosh. They are so warm. And this interview was such a joy to record because they just they made it so easy, and they were just so wonderful to talk to. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like editing and listening back to the more serious pods we do. But I'll, a good mix is really the sweet spot for me where – it's fun. I'm laughing while I'm editing. And then the time goes by a lot faster because some of these edits can take a while. Yeah. And talk about a good mix. You know, we have the entertainment side covered by Cat and that. And we have Big Little Feelings. Still Kristen, entertaining, though. I take still offense. entertaining. I take offense to you saying that <laughs> on, on Kristen and Dina's behalf. Kristen and Dina are just such experts when it comes to child behavior, when it comes to toddler behavior. And of course, they are the women behind Big Little Feelings second time guests they came on our podcast right before quarantine last year and then during the pandemic they absolutely blew up in popularity when we had them on first they didn't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw (laughs) it out of they begged us to be on and then sure enough they come on the pod and they blow up and they get over a million followers yeah as we tell me interview you're welcome but in all seriousness i do think they would have gotten that many followers anyway maybe we gave them a slight push that's generous, Shane. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> Anyhow, Shane, cheers. We have a very fancy cocktail tonight. You were shaken away with our bar shaker. I was, and you I got spilled a, stuff all over your new dress. My expensive new dress, but cheers. This is called a spring sour since today was the first warm day we've had in a while. We were drinking a seed lip cocktail called the Spring Sour. Mm-hmm. Is this an Alex original or you make it? It is not. No, I got it from the LCBO website. So this has lime, mint, cucumber, simple syrup, and seedlip garden 108. And 
Wait, the LCBO uh, has non-alcoholic drink Well, they have this recipe up on their website. For non-alcoholic drink? Yeah. Oh. And then do you like that froth you're drinking? I do. It's made with egg whites. What am I eating, though? Uh, Cucumber and mint. We don't have a sieve, so they're really... the like To stop. Yeah. So we don't have one, so there really shouldn't be any chunks in it, but there are chunks of cucumber and mint. Yeah, it's very chunky. And refreshing. Mine's not chunky. Here, switch. No, I like eating. I'm a little bit uh, <laughs> hungry. We did only have, uh, what do you call it, English muffin pizzas for dinner tonight. And I had an English muffin pizza for lunch, too. <laughs> Some might say I'm sick of English muffin pizzas today. But I'm actually not, because it's a delicious meal, and it really, it's a nostalgic meal that brings me back to a simpler time. Back to my early to late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I used to make them all the time uh, with my babysitter. Like once every couple of weeks, everybody would be able to decorate their own English muffin pizzas. So I definitely have a nostalgic feeling towards that kind of thing. Yeah, I think everyone does. Okay, topics. So last week's episode, I was in a bit of a funk. I was down in the dumps. I was in a lurch. And now I'm feeling better all of a sudden. Is it because of Cat and Nat or Big Little Feelings? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) But I'm just feeling better. And I think what's the cause of it is February is leaving us. We're in March now. If you're listening to this, the odds are it is March, early March. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously in a lurch last week too. Anybody that listened could hear it in our voices. There was some tension. We were strained. We were exhausted. But Shane, I think you put so much weight on february always being a bad month for you that it just psychosomatic and it 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 will stress you out no matter what because of the association you have on it with it there's seasonal affective disorder it's a real thing it's not just something i think is in my head i i don't think it's in your head but you were talking it you just said it was psychosomatic well some of the symptoms because you were talking it up so big so big you were so nervous i wasn't so, talking it up so no big. you were so nervous for it i was feeling fine until i wasn't i don't know we're in a pandemic it was a year's worth of buildup and i was pretty good up until last week it was the latest onset it yeah. ever had happened I just think you have such a cheery disposition. When somebody's not feeling the way you are, I think you don't suffer those people. I don't suffer those people? Yeah, you know, people say... Are you you saying I'm not empathetic? Not as empathetic as other people who go through more moods. I feel like... Wouldn't you agree that you don't tolerate that as much as... I'm not tolerating this conversation. But I do think I'm empathetic, although maybe... I I I think you are too, but I don't think... You tolerate it the same as other people. And I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. (coughs) Bless you. Good news. I didn't, uh, for some reason, I didn't have this, like at the time to cover myself because I've been peeing when I sneeze since I had Betty. And uh, I didn't pee. And that's the first time that that's happened, Shane. Wow. That's a real good way to change the subject. Just sneeze and (laughs) off to something that you want to talk about. No, I don't want to talk about that. I wasn't expecting that to happen. I'm just uh, impressed at my body right now. Okay. Eight months. But you you are wearing, let's let's talk about this dress here. Oh, okay. I feel like we're on the red carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, the reason I want to talk about the dress is I got it as a gift. I'm a type of person who gets excited to give gifts. I give them way too early. Your birthday is in 20 days. Is it a good move for all the the men listening? You know, we have legions of male listeners. (laughs) Do wives like getting the present early or is it best to save it for the birthday? Well, here's the thing. I think that if the gift is the main thing on the birthday, then definitely save it until the birthday. 
But you and I, we are going to get a little, we're doing a little getaway. We booked an Airbnb and we're having a time and we're having an experience. So I think giving me the gift now was fantastic in my perspective because then I get to bring it with us and I can wear it the second we get there if I want. I don't have to wait to open something. And I mean, I've been wearing it since you got it to me. And it was just, it was perfect timing because we were literally just talking about how much I loved to wear these dresses. It's like a linen house dress, super baggy and just gorgeous. Yeah, but the other part of your birthday gift is a trip. So is a trip the same? Because a trip really is for two people. Even if it's like, oh, it's a big trip for Alex. It's really (laughs) for me too. So is that the same? Well, you gave me this now. I get to bring it on the trip. We're even. We're square. We're good. I'm ecstatic. Is a trip a good gift for someone for their birthday? Like you said, it is a two-person gift. But, I mean, I think that some people prefer experiences and shared experiences more than material gifts anyway. And I, I I think it's fine as long as it's what they want. Maybe a gift would be like going to a gift versus a trip anyway would be going to where you know your partner wants to go or something they want to do even if you're taking along you know what I mean right like if I hated horses and we went to like Ecuador are horses there I don't know (laughs) I don't know where did you get that that's funny I don't know why why did I say that I don't know yeah also I wanted to talk about talking we talked for the first time probably in our entire relationship where there wasn't three devices going or some game or a movie on we had a date night where all we did was lay on the couch listen to some french music on the nostalgique channel mm-hmm. could you it's really distracting me whatever you're doing <laughs> alex is dipping her finger in a glass and sucking on it no it's the foam if you're I trying like... to turn me on it is working <laughs> but can you please stop i'm trying to have a conversation the foam from our cocktail is super tasty it's like sour yummy foam Sorry, I'll okay, stop. I'll wait till you're done. No, I'll stop. And I need to correct you, actually. You said the first time in our entire relationship. Definitely not true, but absolutely the first time since, like, I don't know, the summer or since Betty's been alive. Do you remember the last time we just sat and talked? I don't remember when it was, but I remember doing it. Hmm. Like, I remember... What were we talking about? Shame. What? Why would I remember that? I don't know. Like life, we were telling stories, joking, things like that. Like I don't, I don't know specific conversations. It was a long time ago. Betty's been alive for eight months. I'll believe it. Okay, but we talked, and we we hadn't talked in a while. <laughs> yeah, we hadn't talked in a while, but it was. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you? What do you think we could do that again? Or is that one of those things that it just builds up, builds up, and then you're able to have a great talk? And then you, you wait another like huge chunk of time before you can do that again. Or could this be a regular thing? No, I, I think that it's something that you don't schedule. You know, we schedule in our date nights, obviously, for every Wednesday. And typically we play games after dinner and wine. But I think the talking nights just have to kind of come up naturally. You know, when I, I don't think... I don't think that it ever will. Like, I, don't I think, think it'll be plan, years before that's we baloney. do that. baloney. No, I do not think so. I think we'll have another talking night. We're going to have to talk about your language first off. <laughs> I think we'll have probably another talking night when we're away uh, for March break for my birthday. Okay. And then again in the summer. I'm just any relaxed night where we're not overly exhausted from taking care of kids all day. I say we schedule talking nights. Schedule talking nights? Yes. So what, do we just have to come up with the conversation topics in our own head or do we take them out of a cup? 
we could take them out of a cup. I one of your persons, one of your persons, one of the people in your comments section said they do that. Oh, you're right, they do. And it's like the movie we just watched, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. They have a talking club and they can only talk about the subjects they pull out of the cup. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not and and I do that on day nights. I just ask you random questions and some lead nowhere and I edit them out and some lead everywhere and that they're awesome stories that come out of it. That could be hilarious. I could be in for it. Yeah, I, I think we so need what, to like schedule. So what? Like every it. third date night? Sure, like once, once a month. Like once a month? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Everyone was saying 2021 was going to be their year. Mm-hmm. Do you think 2021 will be our year, or do you think 2020 was our year? 2020 was definitely a year for us. Was it our year though? Was that a good year for you? Yeah. Yeah, it was a great year. Oddly, it was like, and of course, you know, those who listen, we say this acknowledging everything and and Shane and I the way we do things and the way we run our life everything is very much like a game and we talk about that a lot about how everything's like a game and I think that that feeds our adrenaline and that will continue to give us like you know surges and rushes and that'll keep us going whether or not that's healthy I don't know but I, I think 2021 could be another another year for us yeah, you know it, Yeah, you think it's just going to be the more of the same, right? More of the same, but maybe better because we've been honing our skills. We've been working on this podcast really hard, and we're TikTok we're, people we're now on TikTok. And I gotta say, I like how we spent our day today when the girls were at nap time. We made TikToks for two hours, <laughs> mind you. In two hours, we only got through three TikToks, but still, that's per- to me, that's good. You don't think that's good? I don't know. And I thought TikToks were supposed to be quick. Because TikToks are short, sometimes people who don't work in media they mm-hmm. think, "Oh, a thirty-second video that should probably take not a long time, like an hour for a thirty-second video." But duration has nothing to do with impact, and the duration of a video has nothing to do with how long it takes. But do you think that the kids that are on TikTok are spending that? amount of time doing the really that? successful ones yes yeah oh, i believe it's that. same with back in the day vine there were so many elaborate vines and some mm-hmm. of them were five seconds long yeah yeah no I, I i believe that because to succeed at anything all you gotta do is work harder than everybody else right or so. if it's not the shooting that's taking a long time it's the thought and the idea that mm-hmm. that took a long time and then shooting is really quick because if you have a really genius idea you can shoot it fast yeah and our the second skit we shot was amazingly quick mm-hmm. yep no i agree i agree i think they're very funny too i'm excited to get them out there get our uh, little creative babies out to the world yeah we've had one go semi-viral i can i say where it is right now actually shane i don't even think it's semi-viral i think it's pretty viral <laughs> oh i didn't know pretty was bigger than semi continue so our one tiktok is currently at 121.1 thousand views that's big babe yeah it's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Okay, moving on. Talking about sugar babies. Okay. Like the babies, the bag of sugar when you're in high school and they tell you to, to look after it. What? You never had that? I thought you were talking about like the dating lifestyle. We can talk babies. about them too. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Didn't you ever look after a bag of sugar? No. You didn't? Oh, no. When I was in school, I had to look after a bag of sugar. How old were you? It might have been in grade eight, and then I think I did a version of it in grade nine also. Sugar is pretty durable. Why didn't they give you an egg? That's odd. Tell me more about this. I just had to watch a bag of sugar, and it made me think (laughs) 
that kids were so easy to look after. Well, yeah, because sugar, I mean, as long as you're not letting it go out in the rain without an umbrella, you're okay. Yeah. Like if everything, if you dropped your sugar baby, all its guts fell out, sugar all over the floor, you could simply sweep it back up and you're golden. An egg, you you can't, you know, it's done. You can replace the egg though very easily. But not if the teacher does like maybe like a little secret mark on it or something. True. But they did amp it up when I was in grade 11 to an electronic baby yes. that would actually cry and everything. So what I did was I... You took that course? Yeah, I took that course. Oh, that's funny. Why? No, it's just very few guys take that course. I think it's, you know, you hope to see that that change, but very few guys take that course. It's called home economics? Family? Family studies. Family studies, yes. But uh, I'm surprised that you took it. I had to. It was the only course since I was like 18 taking grade nine courses. It was one of the only courses that I could take (laughs) and I failed it. Mm. Yeah, so what happened is they said you're allowed to have babysitters. So on lunch break, I wanted to go somewhere and that the baby was really crying. So I asked if one of my friends, who I thought were my friends, could look after it. Bad move. But they ended up smashing the baby's (gasps) head repeatedly on the curb. And the police actually were called because a woman who had witnessed this baby's head being smashed on the curb thought it was a real baby. That's awful. Yeah, and then uh, the the no, but like that woman, like was she okay? Because that's incredibly traumatic. If she thought that was like she was witnessing a murder, like she thought she was witnessing a murder. Yeah, that's insane. And then the baby, the electronic baby, records a lot of neck damage. So when the teacher looked at it, it was just terribly ruined and I, I failed the course because of it. And my parents tried to have a meeting with the teacher, but she wouldn't budge. That's awful. Did those guys get like suspended or expelled for damaging school property? They actually got three years in the pen. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but did they? No. No, Why? no one really cared. I think because I was looked at as maybe like damaged goods because I'd been thrown through a bunch. Like I had been done the high school circuit. I'd been to so many high schools that it was it wasn't a great school, I don't think. And they treated me like I was nothing. Just because I was older, I shouldn't really be there. Like, you've had your chance. What are you still doing here? Yeah. Like, I was like a drug of society. Is that the like word? Like, you drug? weren't taking your classes seriously? I was trying to. It was like, just you my... weren't taking your baby seriously? I was trying. I, I gave it a babysitter. I, I gave it to a, a girl who I thought I could trust, and she was bashing his head on a curb. I didn't know she would do that. Well, clearly, you need to do better background research. Now, how I was quick... new at the school. I, I didn't really have any friends, and it was one of the only people I thought I could trust. Bad crowd, Shane. I know. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I'm just shocked by your judgment. Yeah. Your judgment and friends. So, okay, hold on. I had no friends. That was my only option. I used to walk around listening to Smashing Pumpkins. Like, they had a really sad album came out. And at the when Melancholia you're... and the Infinite Sadness or whatever. What's it called? No, it wasn't. That was one of their popular albums. It was the one when it was called The Adore or something. It was when Billy Corgan shaved his head. Mm. But when you're a teenager, sad music, when you're feeling sad, actually makes you feel better. So I'd walk around listening to the sad music by myself all lunch <laughs> hour. And I would just kind of be like crying listening to this sad music. You wouldn't music. be crying. Kind of. I would. I was so sad. I just felt Shame. like lonely. Yeah, That's I know. so sad. Yeah, it was, it was tough. See, like the, a part of me makes me think, oh my goodness, I ended up with that sad 
goober who's hanging out by himself listening and crying to music on his own and the high school version which is mean and this is why high school kids need guidance it's like ugh. but then the now version of me is so heartbroken about that and it's like man high school kids are mean my plan was to make the basketball team and then i'll make friends but what happened was i made the basketball team and because i came in so late in the senior team that they had to kick off a guy who had been playing from the ju- his junior mm-hmm. year and then nobody liked me on the team because I had kicked right. off their friend and then I had to quit the team. Oh, shit. Okay, so this is, I believe you, obviously. <laughs> and this, I no, here's the thing. No, 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 no. I believe you, but it's so odd for me to picture this because you come from such an incredibly vibrant group of friends like your group of friends now is super vibrant and warm and just big and so in your face about their friendship so my second high school McNabb high school was a very fun place Mm -hmm. and I got a lot I I was able to get get in with the popular crowd there (laughs) but then I got kicked out of there well maybe it's a nice crowd I guess right like more so than anything they were popular and nice and welcoming Mm -hmm. That's good. But that's that's awful. Why were you so sad? Just because of moving around so much? And Well, I was 18. It felt like I wasn't going to graduate high school. I didn't have any friends. I'd never had a girlfriend. I'd never kissed a girl. I had no job prospects or college. And I was a buggy boy at a um, grocery store. It's called Zarkies. You had bleach blonde hair, right? I thought that looked cool, actually. That was, <laughs> that was one of the things that bring me joy. Um, yeah, I, and I just I had a lot of acne too right oh geez babe that's awful that's Mm -hmm. so hard like that makes me want to go back to your high school days and or find everybody's name and number now you know yeah that's really sorry i'm sorry to hear that thank you but um what (laughs) (laughs) this is our happy podcast yeah i don't know what what we're talking about right now oh bags of sugar yeah (laughs) sugar babies Well, yeah, I was wondering if they still did that in schools. Not sugar babies no. that I know of. Do they no. still do the thing where you get the baby and it's electronic? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's like a very popular class. Okay. And mm-hmm. if you if you do bad with that, do you fail the course still? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you wouldn't fail the course, but you'd fail that project. And that project might be your culminating. So it might be worth like 30% of your mark. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't fail the course. However, if you were damaging school property, you'd probably get suspended. If what happened back then happened today, mm-hmm. I would be exonerated, right? I don't know. Should we get to Kat now? <laughs> <laughs> let's do it, yeah. Okay, but first, let's tell everyone who we are supported by. We are supported by Hello Bello. Being a parent is hard, like really hard. So when you go to get diapers to prevent the next eventual blowout, finding a diaper that's absorbent and soft without spending a fortune shouldn't be just as tough. And finding a stylish diaper is nearly impossible until now. Until now. Co-founded by Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, Hello Bello is built on the simple idea that all babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. And their diaper bundling service comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order. Plus, you get 15% off any add-ons, the bubble bath, the wipes, the diaper rash cream that Shane loves, or the detangler, which I love. And you can choose from over 20 different fun rotating designs. We all love the diaper cream, Alex. It's true. I actually put it on my uh, my nose the other day for a 
tiki tacky party online over a zoom call but to get hello bellows super soft super absorbent and super affordable diapers delivered right to your door go to hellobello.ca and use the promo code thisfamilytree30 for 30 percent off your diaper bundle order that's a huge bang for your buck and a lot of potential blowout saved that's right. Now I'm going to say it. That's hellobello.ca, promo code thisfamilytree30 to start bundling with 30% off your first order. Don't forget it's hellobello.ca and promo code thisfamilytree30. The promo is applicable to Canadians only. But we are also supported by My Breast Friend. My Breast Friend is the number one choice of nursing pillow for millions of parents who nurse their babies around the world. B R E S T Yes. <laughs> For more than 25 years, my breast friend's patented wraparound design has supported people in over 40 countries and thousands of birthing hospitals to support successful nursing. Now, Alice, I know you said people and not just women. I said people because, Shane, you're a person, you're not a woman. And I would say I am addicted to wearing it. You are yours. Well, that's an exaggeration. I've worn it a few times, but the few times I've had, I know what all the fuss is about. It really does make a difference. It makes you so much more comfortable, and lactation consultants around the world credit the pillow for helping parents achieve longer and more comfortable feeding cycles than they thought possible. It's simply the best, most supportive choice for successful breastfeeding. You can purchase My Breast Friend online at buybuybaby.com, target.com, walmart.com, babylist.com, and amazon.com. But now, let's get to our interview with the one one and only Cat and Nat. I guess not one and only. There's two of them. <laughs> dynamic duo. Yeah, the dynamic duo Cat and Nat. Hey. Hi. How's it going there? I thought I'd join you for my bed. Is oh, that okay? Nice. Beautiful. That's awesome. Very intimate. <laughs> I know, right? I really call this my office anyways, and it's like the only place where I can just get away and make sure no one's going to interrupt me, right? That's yeah, key. it's much better than the kitchen, which is when people do that, it's so echoey. This is great, actually. At my house is like a community center. It's like there's always somebody walking through, so I have to find <laughs> quiet. <laughs> and is Lucy... Yeah, I'm just going to go tell her to be quiet really quick. Yeah. And then if uh, Kat shows up, I'll uh, be here. Wait, is, cool. is Lucy her daughter? Yeah, so we it, have Lucy. He's going to go. How, wait, how old is Lucy? Lucy is two and a half. So he's going to go tell Lucy to be quiet? <laughs> she, she is at quiet time right now. So she stopped napping like six months ago when we had our baby. So everything's yeah. kind of gone to shit. And... Lucy's quiet time is just her bouncing in her crib singing Frozen songs. So he's going to go ask her if she can sing quieter. And oh, that is <laughs> hilarious. Does that work in your house to a two and a half year old? Do you mind keeping it down a little? Sometimes. We will bribe her. There will be timbits mentioned. I can guarantee it. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If you guys hear oh her in the background, know that we're not neglectful parents. We do love her. She's just, oh my gosh. Uh, listen, we, if anyone gets it, we get, where do you guys live? Hey. Okay. Hey. You're in bed. I have nowhere else to go. I've got people everywhere. Uh, See, you guys are said. way more comfortable than us. I'm jealous at this point. Yeah. I was going to go in the car, but then I'm like, that's not really good. That's cold. The cold. cat, they're telling their two and a half year old, he goes, <laughs> I'm just going to go tell her to be quiet. I go, who are two and a half year old? They're going to ask her to just tone it down. Amazing. Well, we'll see how well it works. Like I said, Shane's, <laughs> Shane's definitely bribing her right now. But I love her. Where do you live now? Out. We live in Hamilton. Are you both in Toronto? Yeah, we nice. are. But we used to wake up really, really early in the morning for like a long time and drive out to CHCH to do segments. 
So we're familiar with Hamilton from early morning. There you go. That's amazing. Yeah, and Shane is in Toronto, which you guys are also probably familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before quarantine. So you you convert from Hamilton every day? Convert? (laughs) That's what it's called, converting. Commute. (laughs) That's the word. Convert. Yes. Yeah, I was commuting. It was was really a nightmare. And now I get to work from home and do all this side hustle stuff. So COVID. Yes. That's COVID, right? Yeah. In so many ways, I'm way busier than I was before, but it's a lot better being around the kids than never seeing them. So two are cute working together so merry it's adorable yeah, hanging in hanging in for now i know this is your podcast but i have to tell how long have you guys been married for uh, good question four, four years. years five this summer yeah. it's yeah. so funny because we've been married i feel like 100 and recently i've been like walking down the street and someone will just tell me like on a walk from somewhere and be like yeah i don't know if it's gonna work out with him i'm like kind of looking at plan b like it's like marriage <laughs> is like in half like and i'm like is this where i'm at in my life okay you know what i mean like yeah. everyone's been married for so long and I'm like, yeah i don't know about that i'm just looking at plan b <laughs> God, it i don't really know you but okay good luck i don't know what to tell you <laughs> sure it's funny, when we were engaged, I got her name tattooed mm. on me, and people were like, that's forever. They're, they thought I was making the wildest move ever. Like, his friends were on him about it. And I'm like, but, oh. you know, we're engaged to be married, but it was like, oh, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, the tattoo's forever. <laughs> so Children so are forever. Yeah. Tattoos, forever. you can laser off. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's true. Good point. Children yes. are here to stay yeah. permanently. Yes. Yeah. God knows you're tied to me now. Yes. But I'm ladies, happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We are so excited to talk to you. And I cannot pull up Instagram, any social media without seeing your faces. Sorry. Either it's because I follow you because other people I know are sharing your stuff. And I wouldn't have it any other way because it makes me smile. You guys are so funny. And you feel like a big, warm, fuzzy hug every day reminding me that everything's cool and we got this and even though i took this shirt true story out of the dirty clothes bin and it has baby vomit Mm -hmm. on it everything's okay and that just happens so thank you for those listening who maybe don't know you who are kat and nat and what is your friendship love story yeah i'm trying to figure that out lately that was so nice (laughs) that's you know that was so that's so kind of you and someone you're literally the second person today today to say you make me feel normal um, Daphne Oz was just like, I just said something about you guys making me feel normal when it doesn't feel when everyone else looks so when we're all sitting there looking at everyone looking normal mm-hmm. and everyone's like, no, no one's normal. It just makes it sound so good. But, you know, our friendship is of what you just said. It's just nothing's normal ever, even in COVID as a mom, not yeah. much is normal. And when you find someone our first kind of like breakthrough story was we were pushing strollers pretending to be normal way back when and Nat looked at me and was like I don't, I don't like having sex anymore with a baby you know what I mean and I was like girl me neither like she could barely get it out it took her like five minutes to be like <sighs> like she thought she was getting a divorce and I'm like no 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 it was right there because I was so Kat and I were the first of all of our friends to have babies we met in high school we grew up okay. in Toronto we went to high school just like 
right beside where I still live. And we, we skipped school a lot and we, we used to like smoke joints and just like bond over cheese bagels. And, and, <laughs> and then, um, we decided we got married first and then we had babies and we reconnected our twenties because we were the only ones who had babies thinking having babies would be like, you know, this magical thing. And then we found each other like on Facebook and then we never let each other go. And when I said that to Kat, I like, I couldn't tell any of my other friends that I like, cause they were still, you know, they hadn't had babies yet and mm-hmm. they hadn't been whole like body thing and Mm -hmm. the feeling of not wanting someone near you and to be intimate so I knew I could tell her because she had a baby in hopes that maybe she would like be like it's kind of normal or either or maybe it was gonna be the end of the world and the way how she reacted to my like confession was so yeah god me neither and I was like I can tell you anything now (laughs) and we we realized it doesn't mean it's over it just means that we're going through some hard times and that's really what how our like friendship hard times something just came out of me like giant and everything hard times you know what I don't care about your hard times like his I'm having hard times you know you take your hard times go do something with them but not with me right now (laughs) so from that moment how long did it take before you hit the record button uh, five babies. So I had three, she had two. So we were pregnant with her second and my third at the same time. Basically we went off and we're like, let's go get pregnant. And I know it's, it's like a crazy thing, but we both happened to get pregnant. We, told we didn't other- have a lot else to do. You know what I mean? We weren't doing anything at that point. Yeah. So <laughs> why not make a baby? Because yeah, either catch yeah. a movie or get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> and she was like, and and we do we told each other before we told our husbands that we were pregnant because it was our plan, not theirs. <laughs> and, um, and after we, I had the third, and she had the second. Although we still knew that we wanted to have more, we also decided that like there was just so many times, like Kat said, when we were walking and people would come up to us and they were just treating us like you know we were like the mom mayors, like we mm-hmm. knew everything and they all wanted to talk and talk and talk to us. And at that time people were starting blogs, people mm-hmm. weren't doing videos. There wasn't like, you know, social media influencers or anything like that. And so we were like, well, we can't sit down to write a blog. So why don't we just start like doing vlogs and videos and see how it goes. And it was just like, it was really at the right time to start doing that. And then we started live streaming through YouTube when that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. There was no live streaming. So we found a software in Germany and made it happen. And then a year later, Facebook live was a thing. So one thing led to another. Were your husbands supportive of that in the beginning? Because a lot of this, people see the end product, but I think a lot of ideation and time goes into before the camera starts rolling. And if you're not making any money and your time is going there, I wonder <laughs> how supportive maybe your significant other is. You know, I think uh-huh. that two things. Number one, not only was the camera not rolling, there was no visionary of what this could be mm-hmm. because right. no one was doing it. Yeah. What we're doing, what you and what we're doing right now did not exist, literally did not exist. People were still, when we said we were doing video, companies were like, we don't have video capability on our website yet. That's mm-hmm. when we wow. started video was way in like podcasts. I don't know if like they were, you know, this is nine years ago. So no, they, they didn't understand it. A lot of people were confused by what we were trying to accomplish. They couldn't understand the model of how you make money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men, you know, we talked to a lot of women and a lot of men want to know bottom lines versus the process. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this, does, this doesn't make sense because you're putting this much time into it. You know, we'd be like, we make $200. And they're like, no, you didn't. Like they'd be the ones who'd be like, Mm-mm. no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. You had to pay for this, your time, what you paid for the babysitter. And we were like, oh, well, but we thought we, like, we, we thought we did a good job and it wasn't any fault of their own. I just think that that's something when you're a, a woman back, you know, nine years ago, starting something that didn't exist and 
it's a lot of people want to know numbers and does this make sense? But sometimes making sense isn't about money. Mm-hmm. And it was fueling us in a way that, that didn't have to make sense monetarily, but made sense to us emotionally. And yeah. you know, if you're a woman out there listening to this and someone's telling you it doesn't make sense, make sure it makes sense for your sense, not yeah. for money sense from someone it, else's sense. Our husbands couldn't help it. They just weren't, they were trying to like analyze how much money we made to do each thing. Cause we were doing different things and making mm-hmm. a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter to us that they were judging what we were doing we were just so we were so driven by what we were doing we didn't want to stop and it's really funny um in quarantine we were unable to tour and you know our, so it's been a year since we've been on tour and uh our kids are like oh, are you gonna go back on tour and we're like um i mean yeah like when they are we definitely have scheduled tours and our husband and we're like to our husband's like well that'd be cool if we extend the tours now because we haven't been on tours for so long we want to go for they're like go 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 <laughs> so they're like you could go for two weeks just go Go bring home the bacon. Now they're all about it because they can see the money coming home. Yeah. Right. Well, that's huge. Not only that, but probably quarantine. Everybody could use a little space after this time. It's been a year since either one of us have left the house because I'm high risk. So it's like Mm -hmm. we're in tight quarters. We're getting used to it. But, you know, you guys are big into business. I know you help women with business and with parenting support. So you're kind of covering all the bases and you mean so many things to so many different women, kind of like what we touched on right off the hop. But who was your cat in that when you got pregnant? Like, did you have anybody that kind of inspired you, helped you out through everything? You know, it's funny. One of the reasons that we continued to do this and why we did this was because we felt so, so alone at that time. Like there was this one TV show that I would watch and it was called The Mom Show. And it was like my saving grace. Like it's not on. It didn't last very long. But it was like Sex with Sue for moms where you could call and ask questions. Remember Sex with Sue? Yeah. Sue Johansson. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Sue Jones. <laughs> I, I would watch them. They would bring in experts and they would have moms and I would see moms struggling because they would actually bring their babies on the show. And I, and I would look at them and I was like, oh my God, like there's somebody out there like that. But other than that, like there wasn't anybody that was really telling it like the truth about it. A part of our journey and on our podcast, what we talk about is when we started to come out and, you know, kind of media picked us up, they wanted to put us into a very neat, clean, perfect mold. And they were like, you need to look like this, talk mm-hmm. like this, do this, which was like very G, very arts and crafts and Pinterest, very Pinterest. Pinterest was huge. And we kept doing it and the cameras would cut and we'd be like, mother. I don't know if we can swear on here, yeah. but yeah, we'd you be can like, swear. go for it. No, it would be like, it was the cameras would cut and then we would be crazy. And then the, we would go to TV segments. And I remember our first, one of our like big ones was in LA, the Home and Family Show, which they have a huge, huge mm-hmm. audience, mm-hmm. but they're like, girls, we're cleaner than Disney. <laughs> cleaner than Disney. And we're like, what the fuck is that? But, you know, so, for a long time, we played perfect. And then we, when our mom truths, Fridays came out, we kept it pretty like we never really crossed the line too far. And then I remember the one video we crossed the line and that's the one that kind of went viral was the one where we didn't, where we finally became us. Mm -hmm. What video? Yeah. Which video blew up? Well, they started to get like a, like a momentum of like growth. Like we get, people began to Mm -hmm. know about them 
it was, do you remember what I'm talking about, Ed? It's winter one. It's about Instagram moms. It was you and I, like, it was, like, the Instagram mom one, and we changed the music, and we got, like. We were outside the bagel shop filming it, I remember. Yeah, outside the bagel (laughs) shop. And then the one that, like, the Today Show picked up, everyone picked up, was what moms think about, what moms really think, like, all day, how we're, like, the hamster Mm -hmm. wheel of Mm -hmm. of motherhood. And I think that one is, like, like, 300 million or something. And how how clubbing prepares you for motherhood. They love that one, too. Yeah, we have, like, I think a lot of viral videos on oh Facebook. God, yeah. that, that does nothing for you, anybody, just so you know. It doesn't make you more money. No. It doesn't get you play. You know what I mean? No, no, it does nothing for you. So a viral video, don't quit your day job if you get one. <laughs> Bide your time, yes. It, okay. it does nothing. <laughs> That's good to know. Okay, yeah, because I had assumed there'd be a lot of money behind that. Right? Especially on YouTube, mm-hmm. you think. No, no. Yeah. no there's nothing. Nothing. I mean, if YouTube video and you've monetized it, yeah. Yeah. then could make money if it got like you know 100 million views but natalie we have one that went viral in asia um it, we found out it was on all the porn sites it was what? Um, us and i brought remember the sex one and it's yeah. like viral we're watching it and we got like a hundred bucks and i was like wow. oh, it was like i think we we're like the three million i'm like that means for being porn stars in japan you got a hundred dollars now, the, the motherhood community, sometimes it gets accused of being a little bit harsher than other communities. Mom shaming is a thing. However, w- last week we were talking to Scummy Mummies. It's a comedy duo. They're in um... uh, London. I mean, London, UK. Yes. 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 Yeah, we did. We did a podcast with them and we got shit canned in London. We, <laughs> we went, went to London last year to go on tour in London and Manchester oh, wow. and those two came and we all got shit and did a podcast. <laughs> what I would have given to be a fly on the wall in that room. It was yeah. Bad. Oh, I love them. And then they came to our shows in the London UK where we had a great time. I mean, I can imagine. They seem like a fun time, but I was asking them a question. I was like, oh, how do you deal with mom shaming? They had no idea what mom shaming was. They didn't know. I had to explain what it was. And they were kind of explaining, oh, our name is Scummy Mummies, so people know that if we're not prim and proper, hey, we're called Scummy Mummies. We're giving you a disclaimer off the bat. Are you in that same sphere, or do you get mom shaming? Don't get it. Oh, that's amazing. I I would say the reason we don't is because we we probably don't we literally just did a like a webinar today Mm -hmm. about you kind what you think about is what you see. Mm -hmm. So if you think about everyone's judging you, all you're going to see is the people who judge you. So if you get two comments where people judge you and a hundred where people don't, what is going to impact you and feel the most is the two people who judge you, right? So when you own who you are, and like, I think that's our gift in life is that we, from a very young age, found our feet and Mm -hmm. not much rocks us. I think it's probably from our moms who were, I think, I think we watched our moms struggle and it's, we kind of feel like mom shaming and mom guilt is almost an entitlement because when you see a single mom working her ass off all day, she does not have time to think about what she's doing wrong. She's trying to feed her family end story. And when we get into these notions of ourselves and what we're not doing and what we're not enough and we're not, it really, there's, there's that such so time consuming. So Nat and I just try to get shit done and move on and live life and be grateful for what we have of every second. And we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but we have, I just would think we come from a really big place of, of gratitude and yeah, there's dick bags who want to email us. Sure. But you know, there's actually, what are they called, Nat? The men, 
Um, oh. They're a part of incel. Like men on YouTube <laughs> literally hate us. Like, like I just, I have notifications on for everything. I got to turn that off. But <laughs> I always, your husbands are going to cheat on you. You never, you, 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 no one ever should have married you. Like they just like our videos and dissect never- them about why you shouldn't marry women. And we're the reason why you should like, they have, they've taken to us. Like who has the time? Incels. Incels. I guess so. Well, it's called men who are against women. Like it's like ma- not mag. Like something. I know this group. I I spend time on their message board sometimes. Men oh who are against women. Yes, yes. I forget what it's called, but sometimes at like three a.m. when I'm trying to stay awake to feed the baby, I like yes. go on those message boards just to shock myself into staying awake. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know the exact group you're talking yeah. about. It's insanity. But insanity. that's. That's that's awful and that's that's so hard to deal with. And I think for me, like I'll spend too long agonizing over a mean comment, whether it's somebody walking down the street because that's happened or whether it's somebody online. And that's something I need to get myself into because I do get taken down by mom guilt sometimes. And I try not to and I try to tell myself that it's bullshit, but it still happens and I, I can't get out of it. And I don't know if that's just me you know, transitioning through motherhood and trying to find my footing still, even though I feel like a pro in some ways, because, you know, I'm on my second baby and whatnot. It's like, I still think I'm finding my footing. And I wonder how that journey is for other people. Like for you two, was it an easy transition into motherhood or was it? Oh, oh God, no. Oh (laughs) gosh, no. Oh my gosh. You have a two and a half year old and a baby. When I had my first baby, I thought it would just be like what I saw with my eyes of other cute moms. Like <laughs> you looked cute. You used to wear high boots with skinny jeans oh, I'll never, and pearls. I'll never forget that's it. That's pretty and cute. Blazers. I felt so uncomfortable. I felt like I really like I was going crazy on the inside and I was so beating myself up about the fact that like it was so stressful to be yeah. like trying to breastfeed and everywhere I turned, it was like there's no other option, but I was so stressed out about it. I was obsessed with like sites about like formula and like like how how do you incorporate it and if you slowly like it was an obsession of mine to like about the whole feeding thing and I was so uneasy of course I felt guilty about everything I was doing I knew that she that she wasn't supposed to sleep in a swinging swing because everyone said that but I just needed some quiet like I mean I would cry every day about how like I just I didn't have a grasp on it you know now that baby is 12 now. So, you know, I don't even, nobody asked me what you're admitting right now back then. I feel yeah. like people weren't really talking about it as much, but like now I'm very comfortable. I have like let go of like all of the things. I'm like, I'm doing my, I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing the best that I can. So I, I don't beat myself up about it. But when I was in your shoes back then, I am sure I was second guessing everything that I was yeah. doing. And every mom has a guilt button, whether that's what they feed them, what they don't eat, what they, where they, you know, you have your own issues that you bring into motherhood. I was fortunate, and I say this in in the best way, that I had a mom who, when I was younger for many years, and I didn't think this was abnormal, guys, until we were writing a book and we told the story and Natalie never knew about it and was like, what the fuck? And... (laughs) My mom lived in, in the woods in the middle of a cap- cabin and we had no electricity. We had no toilet. We had no, I know your face. We had like nothing. And she was like, yeah, it was like, like, and Natalie's like, for how long? And my mom's like, I don't know, not that long, like a few years. And Natalie was wow. like, I'm like, <laughs> you went to go to the bathroom in the woods? And I'm like, yeah. 
I don't know. I just was normal. And mom was like, so fun. It was so much fun. And my mom, we had no money, but in, in, I guess her perspective is like, you know, we, we lived in other people's houses for a while. Like, but I will tell you, I never knew it was ab. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. I never knew that that part was abnormal until I started to talk about it. And people were like, what? and I guess what that has taught me is that I never wanted a different mom. I never wished for something to be different. I, I don't look back now and, and overthink what she did mm -hmm. or, you know, she does often. she will be like, I don't know what I was thinking, you know, but I just think as moms, we waste so much time parenting and guilt rather than parenting and enjoyment and understanding yeah. that your babies don't know anybody different and they, they mm -hmm. would never want something different. So when we let go of that, you just begin to embrace the joy of motherhood. And mm -hmm. I think that's what Nat and I try to always encourage moms to do is, you know, the joy is, is so small because there's so much stress in parenting. And if you can take off what you're not doing when I guarantee you're doing so much more than you'll, you'll ever even believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our, my, my one kid will only eat butter noodles and salt and then a bagel three times a day. And I've just let it go. She'll change whatever. Does it bother me? Hell yeah. But I'm not going to go to bed wishing sh and, and, and trying to sneak in vegetables somewhere else. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like you'll, you'll get there. I think you kind of earn it, but if there's any advice that not that you ask for any at all, but if you can just parent in the reminder that that baby and your your two and a half year old wants nobody different, mm -hmm. literally, they look at you like you are everything. And when you're apologizing for who you are, what does that tell them? You know, mm -hmm. that's the epitome of what we don't want See, as moms. That, that warm hug I was talking about. I'm feeling <laughs> it again. <laughs> now, you both have more than two children, which for me seems incredibly tough. I have trouble embracing the chaos. Like it's hard for me to handle it. I get overwhelmed easily. Is it because you think maybe of your childhood where you had it kind of tougher than mm -hmm. most without even realizing that having three kids isn't as tough for you? And what's your excuse, Nat? Like how, how do you do it? You know what's crazy what you're mm -hmm. saying? I'm going to Natalie, remember the person who came on our podcast and talked about capacity or not capacity? What is it? Sensories? Mm-hmm. And adults still have sensories where you have things that overwhelm you based on noises and sounds. And so your thing might just be crying and you might, they might outgrow it and then you won't feel that. Like, mm -hmm. I have no excuse. My brain rattles regularly when the music's on and everyone's talking at me. I just roll. Natalie loves it. She can speak to the four. No, I mean, I do love it. I always, my dream when I was little to have like, was that my family would be like the home alone house. It would be so busy and crazy that like someone could even be forgotten. Like that's what I wanted it to be. I just wanted it to be like, you know, open door. Like now my poor husband, he didn't ask for this, but like my <laughs> neighborhood walks in my house at all times. Like, and, and my husband's not like that, but I, I created this house and I, I knew I always wanted four kids. So like, I wasn't going to change my mind. I used to get really rattled when, you know, everyone was, when they were little and I was overwhelmed and then I would have a lot of anxiety about it but I uh, have anxiety medication now. So I'm able to handle a lot more <laughs> yeah. and aren't quite as piercing to me anymore. But I always wanted this. I just, I love, I, like, I love when there's four kids in here and, and plus some friends and then some other random mm -hmm. people that are drinking a beer in, in the kitchen, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that home alone house. I always wanted that also, but I, I wanted to be the kids and I wanted to live in that big house and just have that <laughs> the, being the person in charge though, really scared me. So 
Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I'm, we're cutting it at two. I cannot yeah, have any yeah. more kids because nobody told me how, for me, pregnancy was super hard. So I didn't know how hard pregnancy was going to be. And I didn't know how hard the newborn phase was going to be. Because for me, again, that was hard. Like, I still have bad dreams about taking that first poop after you have your baby. And that was the scariest shit that I've ever taken. <laughs> and it, it really, <laughs> yeah. taken some scary shit. Yeah. But it was, it was really terrifying. And I, I do, like, sometimes have dreams about it. And it mm-hmm. freaks me out. And I'm like, I can't get pregnant again because I can't go through that first poop again oh you just needed a cat in your life <laughs> the day yeah. you came home from the hospital we moved into this house and we all came over here and we were here and i was just like I'm, i feel like i have to go to the bathroom but like i'm too anxious to go and i'm like i'm afraid everything's just gonna like fall out and cat grabbed the baby she grabbed all the kids and she was here to like set up my bed and help set up my house and everything and she grabbed the baby and she goes you go in that bathroom and you don't come out until you poop Ooh, like it was friend. just i was like okay and I tell. did it. That was that was my fourth baby. No, that's incredible. It's incredible to have somebody, a friend, to support you in that poop because it is traumatic. And yeah, for you guys, was there anything that you weren't prepared for that people just didn't tell you about? Like, what would be that standout moment? Because for me, it was the poo. <laughs> Everything. I feel like. I feel like. You know, I will give you a new one because I think that a lot of people talk about the child. So I was a social worker. I worked with in the biggest guns and gang court with kids who'd been like arrested on serious charges. And I thought that parenting would be a piece of cake. I thought it would Mm -hmm. be my, my wheelhouse and my sweet spot. Fast forward to tweens and teens. And I have to tell you, nothing prepares you for your own children when you have to actually parent them and their individuals. It Mm -hmm. is the most out of control, scary thing you because you don't know what they're thinking and feeling and they don't tell you because they have their own life. They may share with you, they may not. And they may, they may just be in a bad mood and you don't know why. And it may be because of someone at school and you're like, tell me everything, but you can't because they won't because it's their life. So I think I'm wildly underprepared for parenting, even though I have two degrees in it. I am wildly underprepared for the emotions that comes along with giving your children their own life when it's been in your hands for, for 10 of those years. Yeah. And now I am handing it off to her, hoping and praying I have gotten everything in there from fingering to drunk driving to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. feeling someone up, like what, what are your notes? Like you're just like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Because I know what I was mm-hmm. doing in grade seven. We talked about it the other day and I'm sure y'all weren't maybe doing things that we were doing in grade seven, but. We're also very open and honest with our kids. I mean, mm-hmm. we have been about like like sex, drugs, like alcohol, just like everything, everything they want to talk about, we talk mm-hmm. about. And, you know, I will, I think that if they ask me, they've asked me if I've done drugs, I've said yes. I'm not going to be specific when they say which ones. I'm just yeah. going to be like, some. You know, I think about those years and we're still pretty far off from them, but I think like sex, drugs, porn, drinking, driving, drugs, body image, all of those things are so scary. Is there one thing in particular that you're, you know, most anxious about? Mental health for me. Yeah. Like mental health, I just think that's a such a – it's so crazy because I actually did, did want nothing to do with it when I was in social work. Like I actually avoided – not avoided. I just didn't – a lot of my peers went down that route and mm-hmm. I kind of took the, the teen route. And I think everyone should have probably learned it back then, not as a specialty, but it's something I think at one point we all deal with, mm-hmm. some type of mental health. And 
it's just so out of control. It's a very scary place. And I think for us right now, we have friends who have kids that are a little bit older than ours and we're seeing, Mm -hmm. we're seeing what they're going through. And, and it's so hard because a lot of parents don't talk about it. There isn't a forum forum for them to be talking about it, but we know specifically from a whole bunch of people, like the really sad things that kids are going through and how parents feel completely helpless in the process. So yeah, that's, that's one thing because it's something that you absolutely cannot control and you just have to try and do your best to work with like experts to get your kid through it. I can't even imagine Lucy coming to me and what I would say to her. And often she won't come to you and you'll you have to like notice it's like for us we are all about we have we created a teen and tween group in our community specifically for this because we didn't have anywhere to go mm-hmm. and so we bring experts and I and I realized more than ever that a lot of parents try to handle it themselves but they have no idea what's going on in the brain of a child who's going through mental health so an expert is the best way to deal with it because they'll give you the tools and and they stay with you you know they can stay with you and like really go through the process with both your child and you so I think experts are the most important and I think that if you're a parent rather than you know giving advice to the child I think as a parent it's it's not our job to fix things and I think that we're so anxious to like make the problems be fixed but it's our job to help walk beside them walk with them versus for fixing them and I mean mm. we're thinking of every parent out there who might be going going through this because if you know you know, and, and body issues and all of that is just such a, oh, it's so much. Me. That scares me so much more than anything, I think. For yourself, Natalie, you mentioned that you're on uh, medication for anxiety. I have, I have terrible anxiety myself. Is there anything else that you do to cope with your own mental health, whether it be meditation, yoga? So I didn't realize all my life I did. I just just happened to be a super nerve, like nervous person. I no. went, I, it didn't hold me back because I was like, I had, you know, my mom would always push me, have that push. So I did mm-hmm. it. But um, it wasn't until after I had my first baby that I realized this is, this is, this is over the top now. And then back on after my fourth kid, as far as like, there are just, there's very small things that I do. I don't do, I don't do yoga. I don't. There's very small things that I do. I don't do yoga. I don't <laughs> I like that we say there's things I do. I don't. <laughs> All things I do, I'm like, I take a bath for myself every day and I try to find a place to laugh and have fun, yeah. you know, when things like, like overwhelming. And, you know, one of the coping mechanisms is honestly like Ooh. laughing and and that's where that's where a lot of our uh, how we try to help other moms too is that there's there is always something in there to laugh about so that's that's what i do i mean and then i, I feel I, I feel i'm i'm pretty good for now for, for now i will sure. say i think that i'll speak for her cuz you know i'm her wife and i'm like <laughs> I do think that for us, work and being busy, and I know mm-hmm. that that's like taboo to say that you no one should be busy. We love being busy and we love having too much on our plate. And I would say I feel lack of energy and exhausted when I don't have so much. I love being to the wall busy where we're like, like well, we've gotten a phone call sometimes. Remember, we were in Nordstrom, Natalie, and they're like, you've got to be in New York in like, oh, no, we were writing a book. And they're like, we were doing our audio book. And they're like, can you be in New York in like three hours? And Natalie and I are like, yeah, we'll be there. So we had seven kids and we were downtown and we were like, sure, we'll make it happen. Like, I don't even know how we did it, but that was so fun to us. And we had to call everyone to get kids, pick them up and make sure everything was covered. But, oh, my God, that's what I live for. It's what I live for. Wow. Like spontaneous. Oh my gosh, we quickly have to figure something out. Let's just do it and go. Yeah. 
for Alex and I, I feel like our partnership is more like a marriage than our actual marriage. Like I feel like there's more <laughs> disagreements and problems in the business we have going. For you, does it ever feel like you're in a marriage? And if so, how do you handle disagreements within this marriage? Well, first of all, it's better than a marriage because, <laughs> because there's not that complicated thing between the sheets. You know yes, what I mean? Yeah, uh, and this marriage was this marriage was also chosen when we were older than when we chose our spouses. So we knew more looking for in a marriage. <laughs> and this marriage is based on just complete like support of each of, of each other, being there for each other, not asking, you know, not not needing favors or ever saying thank you. If you, you know, if that does happen, it's just we raise our seven children together most of the time. So we, we lean on each other. Um, we lean on each other's parents. We our brothers and si sisters are all intertwined in this. Like we are a little we're a little community and our, our relationship really matters. It matters to our community. It matters to the two of us and it matters to our children. So it works because we, you know, we have the, the same goals. And at the end of the day, when we when we are going to work and taking time away from our kids, we want to make sure that we're having fun. Yeah. If you're not, then nothing is worth it, right? And that's kind of what we always say because we're wall to wall busy every single day mm -hmm. too. And we have one night of the week where we're not working our date night Wednesday night and then we just started doing a date night podcast. So it's like now <laughs> even on date night we're yeah, working. Habit stacking. Yeah. And it's like the date night podcast gets us kind of in the mood for the rest of the date night. So it's like, we need work to get turned on for date night now. It's like, it's like a weird <laughs> thing. And you know, you two have this like beautiful marriage in work and in life and in friendship. And then I think about, you know, bring that, especially in quarantine, we're so tied to everybody else in our families right now. Do you both approach marriage in quarantine the same way? And I say any, my husband goes to the office every day. Mm -hmm. Thank God. <laughs> um, Nats doesn't and I am like in awe of anyone who is living 24-7 with the person mm -hmm. like literally I think you all deserve an award because I don't know how you do it but no no y'all are I have no advice other than my my mm -hmm. mind hasn't changed that much other than no not, no I have nothing for you but <laughs> I don't think, I mean, you were just, you were just asking if we do a, a, approach, not, yeah, not, as far as marriage, like, I mean, yeah, he's around a lot more, but like he's working and I'm working mm -hmm. and I use him for extra hands, you know? So in, in a way it makes my life a lot easier because yeah. he could do more of pickups and drop-offs, which is helpful. But yeah, I mean, we have no choice then to all just be stuck yeah. together. And with vacations, this is something I'm very curious about. Alex and I, we're uh, date night. We had a disagreement about taking a vacation without the kids. To Alex, she seems to think that that's possible. Yes. Whereas I think that would be very hard to pull <laughs> off. Is that something that can actually happen? <laughs> it can? Yeah, it totally wow. can. Okay, and good. And it should happen. Good. Parents in Hamilton. Yes. We have very involved parents okay, in good. Hamilton a block away. Boom. Done. Go. Run. Hey, you know, you could do a weekend somewhere. Are you worried you're going to die? Should I say that? Or what are you worried about? No, They're not going to survive? No. Or We'll have our wills done soon. We haven't done those yet. So when we have the yeah. wills done, that should take some I'm not worried off. about death. I'm not worried about anything. I'm just worried about putting too much burden on the parents. And I don't want to feel guilty in that way. Oh, my God, Shane. I so, I so know what you, what you mean. Mm -hmm. I, um, I took like, um, I took like baby moons for my other nice. babies after the first one. And the, like the, the guilt isn't, wasn't for me, you know, necessarily me going away. The guilt wasn't for the kid. It was that like, I had to leave them with my mom and I felt so bad and it was going to be so much work. And I thought it was going to be like the end mm -hmm. of the world. 
I left like schedules to the minute of what my baby would need mm. and at what time. Because when I had mm. my my second, I had, I had my second baby. My other baby was like, she was like ten months. So, oh no, when I had her, when I got pregnant. And I was just guilty about the people taking care. I felt bad about leaving the babies. But, you know, practice makes perfect and you really get used to it. And let's just fast forward Natalie's baby. Natalie's brother just had a baby. And he is like three months in and he has left. He's like, bye, here, can you take my baby? Um, And he has gone for nights out during COVID in a hotel where they have food delivered. Yeah. So, I mean, take it. Run. Yeah, no, my brother's so funny. He's because he's like, my mom has had, she's basically helped me raise four kids. So she's so versed on all of it that he takes his daughter and he literally, they just take weekends. The baby's three months is the best thing ever. That's, no, it's this necessary. is good to know. See, okay, so we're going to Prince Edward County in March and I booked uh, us like the sweetest spot. I'm so excited about it. Right now we're planning on taking the baby, but I am no. currently going through hell sleep training her at night. And mm. my hope is that. I'll be able to feel comfortable leaving her with my parents because I do not want to bring her. We have too much yeah. fun there. Yeah, see, get, our- getaways, I don't feel as guilty. I'm talking about at least a week vacation. Getaways, yeah. I'm fine. Oh, we haven't done that. We no. haven't done that. We have yeah. not done that. Like, you like haven't significant- done a week. Natalie and I have as okay. a couple. Right. Okay. Not, but the dads are home. Ah, well, I see. Okay. See, that's what I was talking about. See, I, I, yeah. yes. I okay. can, and yeah. I think that if you have very supportive grandparents, I think you just kind of do it and say, fuck it, and don't look back, um, because people won't accept if they can't do right. it. So you go somewhere with good wine. So I want to do two weeks in Greece, no kids, <gasps> after COVID, <laughs> and they're fine. My parents are responsible, you know? Okay, yes. I'm right? feeling That's less optimistic that. now that that can happen. Okay, I'm going to start working on this. <laughs> um, I love Greece. I'm coming We'll too. come I'll- with you. Beauty. We'll do a double date. Natalie and I and you too. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. Perfect. It's so romantic. So there you romantic. have it. It's set. And when it comes to marriage and relationships, are there any hard and fast rules that you two abide by? No anal. No, I'm no joking. Anal. <laughs> I just, I just, That's a good one. It's almost, yeah. <laughs> if it has to happen, extra lube. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Total joke. Because that is my, I often say that in serious meetings because, you know, everyone gets so serious, I throw it in there and then they're all, <laughs> the hell is going on, Ken? Uh, I don't think, I don't think I've ever thought about having rules. Yeah, There's no, like, I don't have rules. In interactions, like arguments, anything like that? Oh. I mean, well, Kat and I, we were. I was just telling Kat recently. I'm like, we just. I, I know that there are some very volatile relationships where people get into arguments. Like, I, I see it. I hear it. Like, I hear it from kids. I, Kat and I don't happen to like argue out loud with our um, with our spouses and like yell at each other. That's not in us to be to do that. So I'm thinking that Natalie, my kids, everyone thinks like all kids. If you even have a disagreement, yeah. think you're getting a divorce, even if you're not yelling. So when they get older and you're like just talking about something like where you're gonna eat for dinner, be like, no, we just did that yet. You're getting a divorce. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Dinner. Now I hear the way you're talking. I'm like, kids, I just wanted pad thai. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kat, now we're just going to take a quick break to let everyone know who we are supported by. We are supported by Tushy. Shane, the future of toileting has arrived. Finally. Okay, it's technically been around for centuries, but hideously expensive, costing thousands. We are supported by Tushy. Shane, the future of toileting has arrived. Finally. Okay, it's technically been around for centuries, but it has been hideously expensive, costing thousands. And now the brand new Hello Tushy 3.0 modern bidet attachment is here to level the playing field. It's stylish, it's eco-friendly, it's easy to install, and it's affordable. 
We just got the 2.0. Now there's a 3.0. I know. We got to get into the new game because the new Hello Tushy 3.0 doesn't just cleanse your butt with a precise stream of fresh water. It cleans itself before and after it's used with the Smart Spray automatic self-cleaning nozzle. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and it cuts toilet paper use by 80%. So the Hello Tushy Bidet pays for itself in just a few months. And is it the same price as the 2.0? It is the same price as the 2.0. And again, in life, it's just a money saver. Because with the Hello Tushy, you don't wipe at all. You just poop, spray, dry, and you're on your way. But so you pat down. You do use a little bit of toilet paper. I'd though. say you use one to two squares. Yeah. yeah one yeah. to two squares, which is nothing. And sanitation for this is so simple. The Schmutz Shield, actual lingo, the Schmutz Shield offers easy cleaning and the knobs are naturally antimicrobial. So if you already got a tushy on your pot, which we do, upgrade to the new 3.0 model. If you're new to the revolution, join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. My favorite part, personally, is the lack of toilet clogs that Shane's making. I don't make toilet clogs. That's your business. So go to hellotushy.com slash thisfamilytree and get 10% off your order and free shipping on the Tushy Bidet, which is only $79. This offer is available in Canada and in the US. So again, that is hellotushy.com slash thisfamilytree and get 10% off and free shipping. But we are also supported by... Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. Crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip Spirit solved the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Or if you're listening to this podcast. Or if you're hosting this podcast. Because as a non-drinker, it never feels great when your only options are water, soda, or sugary mocktails. But now you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life or you know, sitting around with your spouse on a Saturday night. I'm co-hosting this podcast and I'm drinking it right now. (laughs) So whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with a splash of tonic. I am becoming such a pro cocktail maker. I'm feeling really good about it. Mixologist. And yeah, if you want to make more complex cocktails like Shane and I do, you can use the Seedlip cocktail book or check them out on Instagram at Seedlip underscore NA. So head on over to SeedlipDrinks.com and use promo code ThisFamilyTree10 for 10% off of your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. This offer is available in Canada and the US. And again, that is SeedlipDrinks.com and promo code ThisFamilyTree10. But now let's get back to our interview with Kat and Nat. One of the rules that we tried to stick to was we're never going to have the conversation or argument of who's doing more. You know, the cliche thing where I'm making the money and I'm looking after the kids. Are you able to avoid that? We do both. So we make the money and we take care of the kids. (laughs) (laughs) That trumps anything then. So you can win every argument with that. So you can't have that. Oh, no. And then our kids are like, they make, if we sometimes, we joke, we joke because obviously often we say, we were able to take a risk and start a business because mm-hmm. we had husbands who were bringing home a consistent income. So we mm-hmm. were able to take bigger risks because we probably didn't have to think about putting food on the table. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, absolutely. Of course. 
clearly we're very thankful for our partners and our, our well our spouses who help us create this and do live without them this would be a very hard thing to do and they're very i mean listen we travel with strippers we're very, they're very supportive <laughs> open like literally we travel we have resident strippers wow you know, like I FaceTime on Saturday as we were having a family dance party. I'm like, Romeo, look, Max took your moves. You know what I mean? Do your husbands get jealous of this? No, I mean, I sh- Mark said, hey, hey, Romeo. Like, no, it's not. It. Sorry, why are there strippers there? I haven't, I haven't <laughs> seen the live show. If I didn't ask, I'd be remiss. Why wouldn't there be strippers? I think- Good point. Touche, touche. <laughs> because when we go on tour... We have a segment. It's basically like the ultimate girls' night out. And it has become – we have like three that are like our our ones that have become actually like family to us. They are the hardest working, kindest, most gentle souls you've ever met. Men or women? All men. Oh. All men. Yeah. Very good looking. And they're, they're like nicknames are like 10. Figure it out. You know what I mean? 10. Wow. Wow. Inches. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I get it. A lot of women don't make time for themselves. So, yeah. so the fact that you want to go to Greece on a two week vacation, you're all right. You're all you like, that is such a great goal to have. There are women that come mm-hmm. to our shows that have not been out in like five, seven, ten years. They're like, not only do they get so shit can they barf in their purse, <laughs> but we're going to make them like get the feel a warm hug. We're going to make them laugh. We're going to make them dance. Like they haven't danced in so long and we're going to give them strippers. Cause if they haven't seen them before, now is the time. And if they have, here's some more, like, it's just, it's a DJ. It's everything. It's, it's a little bit I- naughty. And it's like a fantasy that, you know, so many, um, it's like, we, they don't take their pants off. It literally is like a hype. They're like hype, hype guys. And the girls all know them. They're part of our mm-hmm. lives and they, they're on for like five minutes, but they're part of our story. And really it, it happened over one night over tequila in New York when we were planning our show. And I was like, should we get strippers, Nat? And she was like, yes. And then, and then it just as it, it was a joke, we were literally, I think shit can, we, we built our show and it started and never stopped. That's well, amazing. That does sound like an amazing show. It sounds very fun. Um, oh, my God. It was called The Fun Show for – we've done three tours, and it was called The Fun Show for one tour. So That's incredible. Now, obviously, you are so successful. Like, you're, you're doing a live tour going around. Are you ever worried that with Mom Truth, the well is going to run dry, or you're going to just think, oh, well, we've done everything under the sun. What do we do now? I think that as a mom and as a woman, you have 24-7 content delivered to you. We could do mom truths for the rest of the You know what I mean? For as long as we're here. And, and someone always needs to hear it. So I don't think that we'll run out. I mean, I know we won't run out. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I, I, I totally agree with that because every day I feel like I'm experiencing something new for the first time. And it's something that I've never heard. And it's like who can I call about this? I call my mom and I'm like, why haven't you told me? Or I call my best friend and like, you're about to see this or it's, it's <laughs> crazy, but there's always something. Guys, you're a new parent every day. It every day not- your child grows. You're a new parent. And even when they're 25, you're a new parent. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And in parenthood aside too, like with motherhood, like you mentioned, it's like, you know, every time I maybe get a new wrinkle or I see the color in my hair starting to fade from bright blonde to whatever it is now. And it's like things like that. And that's, it's hard. And those are truths that need to be told and that I love hearing from you guys because you have such a great way of you know, making it punchy, making it fun. And I really love how you handle everything. And I mean, you're so much more in that. What else? Like you're, you've expanded in so many things. And I know now you're getting into retail as well. 
And what other things do you kind of have on the horizon as Cat and Nat? Okay, so we have the Mom Treats podcast that we release three times a week. We're on Amazon Live every day. We are, we've wrote our first book, Mom Truths. We're writing our second book now. We have all of a bunch of tour dates for September, October, and December. And in Canada, it hey, will be guys, December. my mom just texted me while we were on this podcast that the, there was just an announcement. And she said she'll be vaccinated by April or May. And we will be well into the summer. But it will be this summer. That's incredible. Wow. That's, That's huge. Monday. Wow. That was just an announcement as we were doing this podcast. Breaking news. This is incredible. Breaking I love that. News. Breaking news. This is amazing. Um, so we definitely want to do all of those tour dates and the can the Canada ones in December, so that should be really good. Um, we are loving doing our TikTok. TikTok is such a fun place for moms <laughs> too, even with a side part and skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we're just, we, we love our community on Instagram and Facebook. And, and then Tay Livy is a, is a teen tween brand that's inspired by our daughters, Taylor and Olivia, which we're excited to be growing more. We're doing a lot of work on it right now. And other than that, we are just, you know, waiting for this to be over. No kidding. We also have the teen and tween group, which we get people to, we have moms and you subscribe to it. And we have the best experts from all over the world. And we have Social Common Collective, which is where we help other mostly female entrepreneurs grow their business through webinars, courses, and just uh, support. That's oh, we got lots of more time on our plate. If anyone's looking for something more, just call us. <laughs> yeah. Give us a ring. We'll have, have to start date night podcast. Right? Yeah. Exactly. My last question is, would you do a TV show? And is that something you'd be interested in? Oh, this has been such a journey. This has been, I will tell you, we have been with so many production companies. We had like so many people have approached us. We've signed with production companies. We have done so many different things right before quarantine. This is crazy. That's what happened to us. We had gone out to LA and we had met with our our managers. We went out to meet all these different production companies. And, you know, network. We went to networks. We were with a production company, sorry. And Fox was like, listen, I like, we actually want to sign these girls to us we want there to be our town we want to create a show for them this is february when we were in london with the scummy mummies the day and we were like agents and stuff at wme are like this never happens like they don't want to go with your production company the network wants you this is so exciting a couple of months into quarantine and like the the deal just like they just were like we're not going to do anything and so it's the never ending yes we'd love to do tv we'd love to do tv it's a it's an area that we haven't done literally the contract came to us the contract got redlined and back you know to their side and it never came back because of covid so there we go and i think that moms like like i said i needed a place to look and there was a show there's no show anymore no Mm -hmm. we need mom truths i could use mom truths as a show well i i do think it will still work out for you Uh, and you probably know that but yeah definitely it's uh, i see a television show in your future for sure (laughs) are you psychic well it's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) i was hoping you would say psychic on the side you guys didn't know this but let me tell you well you don't need to be a psychic it's it's obvious but (laughs) you two are gonna work out by the way you guys are very Good. Thank you. They're very good energy. Oh, thank you know, you. Like, we'll get off the phone and be like, Mm-mm. but you two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to have that blessing. But <laughs> ladies, 
where can people go if they are in, you know, for some reason haven't heard of you, haven't, are, are not already following you along on something? Where can they go to find you? And listen, there's lots of people not following us because there's billions of people in the world. <laughs> we always say that. I'm like, there's so many people in this world, you know? Yeah. So many people in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, is there only 652,000 on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CatNet everywhere. And we should be doing a Toronto London, Ontario. I think we have a tour coming up in December if our people get things going, hopefully, that we're not pushed to. Yeah. We're at the very mm-hmm. latest of 2021 possible, which is great news well, for Canada. That's amazing. And Shane wants to be front and center for the strippers. I'm not talking about there. me. I'm talking about him. Yeah, I'll be there. And I will get those tickets for him. You pull men up on stage and see if they can do better, Shane. I see you there. I see you humping the floor. I can do yeah. that. I can hump a floor, yes. Just nothing with a pole. I, I'll tell you one quick story before we leave. We ended up in a casino doing a big show in casino, and I think it was St. Louis. Was it St. Louis, Natalie? Where was it? And a guy walks in because, you know, they give tickets to the regular people. So they gave this guy to this big roller, give him a ticket. He comes in. He has no idea what he's doing. He's got a cowboy hat on, cowboy boots. He's by himself. He sits and watches the show. He becomes a fan and comes to three more shows on that tour and brings his like family and then brings us pizzas in Chicago and he's like I am your biggest fan he's like literally a 75 year old man he's like I'm not a weirdo I just had so much fun (laughs) that's so incredible that's so cool Wow. Well, yeah. we'll be front in line with that guy if he makes a trek over to Canada, if the border's open. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go, seriously. <laughs> no, I know, mm-hmm. I know. And we haven't seen strippers since our bachelor party, it's from true. what I understand. From what I understand. Yes, we had a dual bachelor party, but that's a story for another day. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, uh, but ladies, thank you so, so much for spending some time this afternoon with us. Honestly, I've been excited for this like crazy. I have been nervous sweating this whole time. And no. yes, I'm stinky. And seriously, thank you so much for uh, for your time. <laughs> no, I think I am too, always. But that's, thank you so much for thinking thank of you. us and for having us. And we can't wait to meet in real life. Oh, and yeah. good luck. You're killing it. Don't forget that. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you Likewise. so much. Take Have care, a great guys. afternoon Bye. and great weekend. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was Cat and Nat. Did it live up to everything you thought it would? It lived up to everything I thought it would. And more because they are so kind and you know i knew i'd laugh i knew it'd be funny i knew they'd have wisdom to impart on us but their kindness and just how easy it was to befriend them yeah they like, really really moved me all they want to do is help people yeah yeah no they're they're Laughter. so wonderful and i love them even more than i did before so but speaking of love our next guests we really do love they came on before they made it big and they came back after they made it big and that says a lot and that means a lot to us and I think this was a better interview than our first time around. I agree. I think it's because we kind of know each other now. We've been through some things. We've been through highs and lows that <laughs> this social media game, obviously them on such a grand scale. I mean, we were their first podcast that they've ever been on. And then they went on to Good Morning America and such great heights. But uh, I think everyone will truly enjoy this conversation. And we're looking forward to hearing what you think. But before we get to this interview, let's let everyone know who we are supportive We are supported by Bravado Designs. Shane, I have been walking around the house in my Bravado Designs nursing bra the past week. Oh, I've been noticing. (laughs) I thought so. No, but I truly love it. It is one of my favorite pieces to wear just because it is so damn comfortable. 
And not only that, but it is so accessible and so easy to use when you are a nursing mother. However, if you're not a nursing mother and you are looking just for some great comfort for your boobs, they now have an everyday collection. They don't have any clips, but they're the same material, they're beautiful cuts, they fit really nicely under clothes, and they just keep you so comfy all day long. You can get the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com or you can head to the Canadian website for access to their everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code thisfamilytree20 for 20% off. Again, that's bravadodesigns.com or ca.bravadodesigns.com for the everyday collection and this family tree 20. But we are also supported by the Miku Smart Baby Monitor. The Miku Smart Baby Monitor is the most accurate sleep and breathing monitor ever. And this is a fact, right? It is a fact. And I'm telling you, I get a way better sleep every single night because of it. I am sleeping way better in postpartum with Betty than I was with Lucy because I have a Miku this time. And honestly, I just feel like my baby's in good hands when we're not in the same room. The best hands, and it keeps those hackers out. It does keep those hackers out. They have crypto security, so there is no hacking. And what I also love about them is there's no physical contact. They use sensor fusion technology to monitor your baby's breathing and well-being, whereas other monitors need to put like a sock on your baby or something around your chest. Miku just does it from the monitor and it's incredibly accurate. So it works with your smartphone to alert you of changes to your baby's vitals and of nursery conditions. The HD photo and video is great. The night vision is better than I've ever seen on a monitor. And there's amazing sound and lullaby selection. Do you know what I always say, Alex? What? You're not buying a monitor. You're buying peace of mind. That is incredibly thoughtful, Shane. I do like that a lot. I wrote it down. I'm reading it. I wrote this a while ago, but <laughs> no, it's it's great because that's exactly what it's done for us. So if you do want to get a Miku, go to MikuCare.com and use the promo code FamilyTree20 for a whopping $79 off. This is for people in the U.S. only. And again, that is MikuCare.com and FamilyTree20. No other monitor is a Miku. But now let's get to our interview with Dina and Kristen from Big Little Feelings. Well, ladies... Thank you so much for coming back. You were one of our first guests of 2020 and one of our best guests of all time, two of our best guests of all time. So truly, Dina, Kristen, Big Little Feelings, thank you so much for being here again. And hold on, before we really get into this, so much has changed since we last spoke to you. I know Dina has a little one. Do you not? Yes. How is motherhood going? It is exhausting. It's so rewarding. (laughs) But I'm going to start out with it's really exhausting. Yeah. That's very fair, very valid. And girls, so much has changed, I think, with your business. And I kind of want to touch on that. It's booming. (sighs) Booming. Totally boomed. (laughs) So one point, you're at 1.3 million followers as of this interview. So what has changed for you two in the past year business-wise? Well, we actually, we haven't yet launched. A a year will be March 1st. So in like 12 days, we'll actually hit our one-year mark. When we came on your show, I think we had what, like 5,000 followers? We maybe just launched our course like right before it. Mm -hmm. 
So we were, we were newbies when we came on yours. Yours was our first podcast, our first interview, our first, like anything. We were like, oh my God, I can't believe these people want to feature us. What are we going to do? Let's not mess it up. And we like prepared and we like pretended it was adorable. So we launched you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was a really nice way to start because you guys were like human beings and very nice and it just felt very natural. We were incredibly nervous. So Aww. it was a good way to start. When you're this popular, do things get easier or is it much harder because there's so much more to deal with? I think it's both, right, Dita? I think it's both that you know, well, I would say it's, it's mostly better, right? I mean, this is a dream come true. I, this is exactly what we wanted. This is, we had a goal. I think we thought like someday maybe we could have 30,000 followers and yeah. maybe we could make some income off of this and have our dreams and our passion and, and change like hundreds of kids lives. We really wanted to, you know, and also parents too, like moms and dads who are tired and exhausted. So this is exactly what we wanted, but it does come with some surprising, you know, it's like setbacks, especially in the social media world, you know, that we are just two very normal human beings. <laughs> and we sort of knew, and you can kind of gauge based on looking at other bigger accounts, what happens on social media, but until you're in it, you just sort of don't realize the things that come with that. That's, I think, the a little bit of a harder part. Yeah, it happens at every level. Uh, and it's happened to us. And yeah. uh, it's you're never prepared for it. And uh, anything you say can be misconstrued. We've we've learned uh, pretty quick. But yeah, since you have broken the mill mark, who has become the bigger diva? Would do you think? <laughs> Dina or Kristen? I think I'm going to answer this one that literally neither one of us, okay, we are good. We, the good news. I think about growing so fast and especially in a pandemic is like, we don't get it, you know, like mm -hmm. one time somebody recognized me out or something. Cause we're never out. And I was like, what are you, what are you even, you know, what are you talking about? Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. we could not be more normal. Like it's just, <laughs> and we also never really kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say take it for granted, but we work just as hard and agonize over mm -hmm. every teeny tiny thing, wanting it to be perfect as if it was the first time. Like it, it we don't, it doesn't feel at all to us. We feel like we're still just like grinding yeah. and normal moms trying to like do both. I still wake up now at like 5 a.m. to work on big little feelings and then, wow. you know, spend time with Hunter, my baby. So it's, it's kind of all the same still. Good on you. I couldn't get up that early if my life depended on it. Well, you have to get up early very often for the with the yeah, child, but well, I guess not willingly. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Not to work on stuff that like that. No way. And uh, we're going to get into other questions, but right now I'm just obsessed with your growth. So please excuse <laughs> me. Was was there a big break or if you had any advice to give, like what was it that really propelled you or like was the straw that broke the popular camel's back? There was no boost. There was no like quick. We have this really cool spreadsheet that my husband made because he's like our our husbands are our biggest fans, obviously. Second biggest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from Shane. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it's really cool because it's from day one. It's a natural growth all the way up. There was never, you know, perhaps maybe one day some bigger account would get, you know, maybe a few extra 
thousand that day or whatever it may be, but it was a really steady growth and there was no big sort of break like, oh, this huge person just, you know, propelled us or some interview propelled us. It was just a really steady organic climb. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember seeing you on uh, Good Morning America. Mm -hmm. I think it was. That was the coolest. Yeah. That's and insane. I was like, hey, those are our people. Like they, <laughs> they stole them. That's <laughs> I, right. I, you get jealous. <laughs> we can belong to both of you. Yeah, yeah, I belong totally. to Good Morning America yes. and you. That's okay. <laughs> No, I had a question just, you know, in because we're catching up. I wanted to know, Kristen, I know you've been going through a lot with Junie and we can keep this in. We don't have to keep this in. This up to you. But how how is everything going? You know, it's um it's a hard question to answer because it's like it's almost like motherhood where it's like <laughs> I would say right now, everything is actually really good. She is progressing so well. We finally just went to a month-long rehab. She had a perinatal stroke, for those who don't know. My two-year-old daughter had a perinatal stroke. That means she had a stroke when I was pregnant with her. And it's been like a two-year-long or a year-and-a-half-long journey of noticing this small thing and then noticing this small thing. And then she had a seizure. And then she's behind to get to this point where we are today. So... It's mostly in a good spot. Um, we know what is happening before that. I didn't have the answer of it was a stroke. It is possible mild CP. I think some people might think that's really devastating and it was, but for me, it was much more devastating in that in-between period of having no idea yeah. what's going on. Why is she having a seizure? Is she going to have more? What is going, is it a brain tumor? No idea what is going on. So long story short is I we're in a pretty good place on this journey where we know what we're doing. We're getting treatment. She's like the happiest, craziest little kid in the world. And so, you know, we're in a pretty good place today. Good. Good. Yeah. I'm thinking about you guys a lot. That is so stressful. And it's it's always the unknown that is so fearful. And I'm going to kind of use that to get into our discussion about behavior and kids and dealing with all the shit that kids bring to your life because we all know they bring a lot of shit. The first thing I want to ask, so I'm going to kind of talk to Shane through the two of you. Sometimes when Lucy does something naughty, Shane will say, Oh, Lucy, do you want to be a bad girl? You're being a bad girl. How do you two feel about using the word bad? No, I say good girl. You say good girl as well, but there I are... I say, are you being a good girl? Let's just get... I don't... You this said could be... being a bad girl before. Okay, sorry. So how do you guys feel about labels? Good girl, bad girl, you're being one or the other. So generally speaking, I would advise and we would advise to try and just stay away from labels Part of that is it becomes their inside voice. When we start to use good, bad, it, it starts to signal that you can be a good kid or a bad kid. And really the message we want to send is you are a good kid and all kids make mistakes. All kids can shift their behaviors. And that's really our goal as parents. So we want to avoid using labels so that they don't start to internalize like, oh, I'm a bad girl. Because what we end up seeing as they grow up then is if they start thinking I'm a bad girl, then ultimately they start acting like, you know, a bad kid as they get older, because it's really hard to just live with that kind of label. Mm -hmm. And I think Dina and I always chat on this because it's so funny. Dina was the good girl and I was the bad girl. <laughs> and I like that we're having this conversation, by the way, because you would think that labeling somebody a good girl wouldn't be that bad. Mm -hmm. But interestingly enough, both Dina and I had a 
roaring time in our 20s <laughs> because it is a lot of pressure to always want to be the good girl for your parents mm-hmm. or be the good girl for your teacher. And we really like almost everything to be rooted in you are you, you are perfect the way that you are. And then when it comes to behaviors, building internal motivation on whatever that behavior is that that you're referring to that you think of her as being good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, not necessarily good or bad. It's just, she's learning and she's a kid and she is perfect the way that she is. Exactly. And when Kristen says the internal motivation, we're really talking about them not relying on external stuff, like even Mm -hmm. our praise and Mm -hmm. our love. They don't have to work for our love. It comes more from inside of them. And those are like those lifelong skills that we can teach them. Mm -hmm. So can we we don't want to label the child, but can we label, label, sorry, their behavior as being good or bad? Like you're just a neutral kid, but what you're doing right now is bad. Not necessarily even labeling the behaviors. Instead, we can just focus on naming what's going on, letting them know the feelings. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then helping them understand what, what other behaviors are to handle that situation. And maybe we can even use like a real life example to make this super practical. So like Lucy the other day was sitting there, Betty's on the floor doing her baby thing. Lucy's on the couch and she's chucking stuffed animals at Betty. And I was like, Lucy, this isn't nice. You're hurting your sister. You're being a bad girl right now. You're being a naughty girl. So, you know, what she knew, but the thing is she knows she's being bad. She is being a bad girl. So it's hard not to label them. And it's hard to stray from that, especially when it's so ingrained in how we label things as adults and how we grew up. One thing is, is toddler brains are, first of all, we know, sort of know this, is that they're underdeveloped. Impulse control is not there yet. So A, giving them a little bit of grace on that side. But at the same time, because also they're little and their brains are underdeveloped, (laughs) you saying something like, this is bad, doesn't quite, again, reach that like internal motivation of why should I not be doing this, right? For you going, hey, this is bad. Like you're being bad. Okay, so I'm gonna stop now because mom says not to stop. And so that's why we also recommend, again, that internal motivation. So it's like, you're feeling really silly or you're feeling really angry, whatever the feeling is behind it, we always okay that. Then when it comes to the behavior, rather than just saying, hey, that's bad, we're explaining and narrating. So it's like, we, I see that you're throwing toys at her. That hurts people. It's not okay to hurt people. Let's put this toy over here. And you can even narrate it to say something like, do you see Betty? Oh man, Betty, are you okay? Are you crying? Did that kind of hurt? And rather than making, you know, Lucy, do you call her Lucy now or Lou? We call her Lou. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Rather than sort of eliciting any kind of like guilt or a huge guilt trip, it's like letting her just kind of notice and narrate what's happening is going to build that internal motivation of like, oh, I I do notice Betty is sad. Oh, that does hurt her. And we're explaining it rather than kind of like, that's bad. Don't do that and move on. And then something subtle that can actually have a huge impact on shifting unwanted behavior is when you spotlight the right. Right. So when you see her interacting with her sister in a way that's gentle and like good play, mm-hmm. if you point that out, that is going to make such 
a, a good impact with her, make her feel so good. You know, you can say, Lou, I saw how gentle you were with your sister. How do you feel? Because then you're directing her inside. She feels really good. You noticed how great she's being. And she leaves with that feeling of like, ah, oh, I did something great. And it's not coming from you anymore. It's coming from her now on why she wants to repeat that behavior. And sometimes, by the way, in real life practicality, as a mom of two little girls, sometimes what this means is it doesn't need to be like she goes over and she gives a little baby a kiss or a snuggle. In real life, sometimes this means my two kids are sitting on a couch watching TV zoned out. But hey, they're not beating the you know what out of each other. So I need to make a point right now to be like, Lulu, look at you. You're sitting so nicely. And she's, you know, nobody's getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Great. You know, sometimes when (laughs) there are no sort of good moments and we're in a tough spot, literally anything, like they're just sitting next to each other, get, get in there, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) praise that. Is there ever a time and a place where treats are a good use of a, a motivating factor, or is that just a slippery slope that we shouldn't begin? Generally speaking, we'd kind of consider it a slippery slope because what ends up happening often is you, you find yourself on this like rewards treadmill Mm -hmm. where now you have to keep upping the reward. It has to be bigger and better and more interesting for them to stay motivated. And also what you end up seeing in real life is then when they've messed up, they kind of just give up. And you see more bad behavior because now they're upset that they don't get that treat. They messed it up, you know, and they act out more. Right. Yeah. And I would say nothing in parenting is completely black and white. So here's one scenario where I was just, I mean, at the end, we're at the end of the line. Like I'm going to lose my mind because Lulu was maybe two or three and she just would not poop in the potty. I mean, anybody with a potty training toddler has been there. When we potty trained it, we didn't need rewards, you know, other scenarios we up to this point, we didn't necessarily need it, but there was just, she was terrified. She was screaming, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to hold her and hug her while she's pooping on this little potty, which is by the way, not in any pregnancy books that I read, (laughs) not something I was prepared for is like holding someone screaming for 30 minutes while they're pooping. But, you know, in that, in that moment, I was like, all right, we're trying a poop fairy. Like, that's what we're going to try. We're going to try a poop fairy. It's not coming from me. It's not like, Ooh, mommy saw you were good. Here's a little treat poop fairy for like a few days to move through that fear is really what Mm -hmm. I was doing. And that's the one and only time that we use rewards. And Hey, like, that's okay. We didn't, I didn't just completely Mm -hmm. mess her up. We're not doing anything, but so generally speaking, we tend to stay away from rewards. A, they don't necessarily work, especially long-term. What happens when, you know, if you were to reward somebody for not hitting or cleaning up or something, the second you're not around, Mm -hmm. we're not going to not hit or we're not going to clean up toys because you're not there to give the reward. So again, it goes back to that internal motivation too. Yeah. The poop fairy. I I like that. We've yet to see. Do you want me to come to your house? Is there some, (laughs) you like Hot Wheels or Barbies? I don't know. Barbies. I think Lou's been asking for Barbies. Yeah. And she, she, I don't even really know how she knows about them. I guess there's that Barbie show, but we, we might need a poop fairy because she can only. Poop has never hit the toilet. It has never hit the, it hit the toilet once a little bit by accident, but she hates pooping in the toilet because it makes her nervous. She can only go. 
when she's asleep or when she's in her crib and feeling like totally relaxed. That's the only time she can poop. It's so frustrating. No. Yeah, this is incredibly common. I mean, this is like poop is like the law is like the marathon, you know, yes. for everyone. It really is. For us, I find one of the, the main problems with us with the treats is when we're taking photos for the account, which is kind of part of the business. And it can feel like a dog show because you're giving her a, a Timbit, we call it. I'm not sure if you know Tim Hortons, but in Canada, it's super popular. Little so, tiny donuts. Yeah, little donut holes, I guess <laughs> you would call them. And uh, is is there a, an alternative solution for photos? I'm sure people who aren't in the influencer realm have trouble just getting a good photo. Like, what's a good way to get them to smile? Well, I probably am a good one to ask because we've done a lot of photo shoots. This, first of all, also depends on your kid, right? Mm -hmm. So with Lou, my oldest, prep is really key where we're like pretending in advance with little dolls. I even bought her a little camera that's like, it's like 30 bucks on Amazon that a toddler can use. So Mm -hmm. she's pretending to be the photographer. And when you put her in charge of saying like, okay, little dollies, like now what you want to do is you want to do like happy face, smile face, you know, you want to sit when she kind of feels like she's in charge, then when she's there in the moment, it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. for her to be like, oh, right, okay, this is what we do. So prepping really helped a lot. Again, not really against bribery in this situation if it works, but it sounds like it's not because you're having a hard time. Well, the escalation is the problem, like, yeah. Exactly, so for some families it works and it's like, okay, this is once a year. And then my story is that we had photos with Junie involved in, for the first time because it's been COVID, so we haven't done them. There was nothing we could do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. are, <laughs> she's a really <laughs> strong-willed kid. We did all the prep. We did everything just right. And the second we get there, it's like face down on the ground and like, no, 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 no. And so I think what I learned from that experience is reasonable expectations, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, we ended up getting some really great shots. We would throw her around in the air and be silly and make it a little bit less about sitting and smiling. And the photographer just got in there whenever she could. We put on Baby Shark and kind of danced around. And even though I thought it was going to be 500 photos of June screaming face first into the ground, we got like 20 or 30 pretty good ones. So like, you know, right? I think the goal when you're a family and having photos taken is to have reasonable expectations. Maybe I can get two or three out of these. (laughs) Maybe I can get five out of these and you'll get those. You will. Yeah. Quantity is so important to make sure the iPhone has enough space that you can just shoot a a million. You just keep going. going. Yeah. Is there anything that where you started the course, you thought, hey, this is a great tip. This is going to work amazingly. Let's keep it in the plan. And then a year removed, you're like, hey, that that one actually does not tend to be uh, resonating with our clients. I mean, I don't want to, you know, we don't want to like brag, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the one minute silence was the answer there. (laughs) Dina has been working with families for so long and I've put all of these into practice with two very different kids, like Mm -hmm. a very nervous, shy, perfectionist kind of kid. And then um, the total opposite, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just a wrecking ball of a kid in the best way possible. And it, we really vetted kind of everything to make sure, you know, Dina's worked with, with kids with trauma. She's worked with kids who have all different personalities and we really vetted it before we, and it's all, 
fact in research too. So we didn't necessarily invent um, a lot of these. These have been backed in 30 years of research and it's just buried in books that quite frankly, parents don't have the time or energy to read. And so we just made it much more accessible and also tweaked it a a little bit to make them realistic for like hot mess moms like me who who can actually do it, right? That's the only difference. Well, in in 2021, then, is there anything new that you're learning about toddlers where you're like, oh, this is we're actually finding something new that we're going to apply or augment in the next uh, plan you make for toddlers? Yeah, actually, we're getting ready to film like I want to say 15 more topics to add into the course, because just from doing this, we're like, oh, people need help with thumb sucking, for example, People want independent play help. So we're going to be adding stuff like that into the course, which is super exciting. That's awesome. That's so good. And, you know, having such a huge followership too, you're probably getting so much more insight on all of that. And I really like how you do approach things. I mean, everything is done in such a a simple, approachable way. And one thing that I always end up talking to women about, and I'm no expert, I can only speak from experience, is handling tantrums without giving in. So, you know, I think the second your kid hits like a year and a half, you're going to start going through this and then it goes on until they're, what, three? When does it end? I'm not sure. But how can we do that? Handle tantrums without just totally giving in because it can take a lot of time out of your day. I think understanding that as hard as it is, having boundaries is actually super key because the more we do kind of stay firm on when we are saying no and we're not giving in, we have to understand that the quicker we'll get through this kind of tantrum phase that's coming up. First of all, though, like just to answer your question, tantrums happen like up through five and often beyond. (laughs) Um, Their brains are just so rapidly changing and forming. You start to see them kind of slow down usually around Mm -hmm. five as they kind of have developed more skills to be able to cope a little bit more and maybe use their language a little bit more, but they still really don't have the impulse control. They don't have the emotional regulation, which is really just your ability to kind of like understand and manage your emotions and needs. Yeah. But not giving in the, the less we give in, the more they understand, okay, when mom or dad says no, or says, this is the last episode it really means it's the last episode. Mm -hmm. If we give them, you know, five more minutes of screen time, one more episode. Okay. I mean it, I'm going to turn it off Mm -hmm. after this. Then they understand, well, okay. So if I cry a lot, if I tantrum enough, then I might get a little bit more screen time. Like, okay, I'm going to use this next time. Mm -hmm. So staying firm on those boundaries is key, but also you have to be armed with some tools to be able to hold that boundary and feel okay and confident. So that's where okaying feelings really comes into play. And when I say okaying feelings, I mean literally saying it's okay to feel upset. You're feeling frustrated that we can't have more screen time. You're really sad that we're not watching more right now. Oh, I get it. It's so hard when we have to put the iPad away. And when we can know that it's okay for them to be upset, it's okay for them to express being upset and to let out those feelings and it's healthy to release it. 
Well, then it's, it's a lot, I don't want to say easier. It's not easy necessarily holding a boundary during a tantrum, but we get it. We understand what the goal is and why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And like when we say, okay, the feeling too, we kind of have to mean it as parents, mm-hmm. meaning you kind you got to believe it's okay for our kid to be pissed that we said there's no more episodes, right? Sometimes we just fear it. We're like, oh God, I don't want to upset her, whether it's because we don't want to hear them cry or it's just hard or it's exhausting. But once we get through that mind frame of like, it's absolutely okay for her to be upset about this. There's yeah. nothing wrong with her being upset right now. Like that is okay. That's what makes it a lot easier to, mm-hmm. you know, as our, as parents, it's our job to keep them safe to, you know, if, if we think screen time needs to be done, I'm assuming it's because we think like they've watched enough, their brain is, you know, we're keeping them safe truly. And so it's our jobs to keep you safe. And it's okay. If you're upset about it, I like to think about if they're running into the middle of the road, we wouldn't just be like, okay, fine. Like five more minutes, go run in the road. You know, it's our job to hold those boundaries, keep them safe. And once, like Dina said, once they know, okay, there's no negotiation here, then they're really not going to scream when you close the iPad anymore, because it doesn't go anywhere. Like it's not going to, it's not going to get five more minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, I used to think that, oh, if I change the subject and don't acknowledge the tantrum, it's going to go away. But they get to a certain point, they don't forget about it. And it's like putting gasoline on it. And then after we did the interview with you and acknowledging their feelings and being like, oh, I get you're sad. Like, I was a little skeptical. I was like, oh, she's not with it enough to understand this or appreciate it. And she totally did. And then it just went away and the Mm -hmm. tantrum just dissolved. And I found that to be such an amazing tip. And I never ignore the tantrum anymore. Mm -hmm. I face it, even though I'm still scared of them. I face it. I face my fear and I acknowledge her and her feelings and it goes away. Yeah. Like pediatricians even kind of, you know, in our DMs or just this old way of thinking of just ignore it and it will go away. And I think we underestimate our kids in basic humanity, where if you came home and you were upset, even if it was about something completely ridiculous, like you got a teeny tiny little scratch on your car and it is so not a big deal, but you come in and you're fuming and you're mad and you're sad. And Shane literally looks at you, sees it very clearly, and then walks right out the door or just turns around and does something else. And you're like, Shane, do you hear me? Like, I'm so mad right now. I can't believe this happened. And he literally doesn't even acknowledge that you're there, doesn't say anything, you know, how you would just, you would just keep it escalating and escalating and escalating until what? I I don't know. You would stomp off to your room. Then you would cry and feel really alone. And it's just such a game changer to think of kids as little human beings because they are. (laughs) And to simply say, Hey, even if this is ridiculous in your mind, Hey, you're feeling really upset about this. I totally get it. It can be such a game changer. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was so transformative. And I use transformative with all the gravity that I know that word has. Mm. It was transformative for our parenting because it took Lou from really having awful tantrums where she was like, last time we spoke to you, I asked you guys about her kind of causing self-harm, like hitting her head on the floor and things like that. She does not do that anymore. She hasn't done that for like eight months. And it's because now when she gets upset, Instead of tantruming, she'll just say, oh, I'm sad. And she'll really tell us or she'll mm-hmm. tell us why she's angry. And she's so open about it. And that has changed. It just it's made life so easy. 
well, so much easier, not so easy. <laughs> but I wanted to say, like, what is this called? Is this gentle parenting? Is this emotional parenting? What do you call this kind of ethos? If anything, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We wrestle with that because we kind of call it big little feelings parenting mm-hmm. for now. Sometimes we call it, you know, positive parenting, present parenting, mindful parenting. But Dina and I, when we made all of this, we really drew from so many different sources, all of them backed in research. So Dina has extensive like interpersonal neurobiology background. And then I really loved this. It's called respectful parenting, which is a specific way. And we kind of like mashed a bunch of different things that we thought was worked, rooted in science and was actually doable for parents. So I don't know. I don't love the word gentle parenting because it insinuates that it's permissive parenting. It insinuates that there's just no rules, no structure. Your kids are your best friends. And it's just like, whatever, man. And that's not what it is. It's like, it's the opposite. It's, it's loving, but firm boundaries. And that's just something in and of itself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And what is the age range of a, a toddler? I should know this, but like, let's say you have a, a seven-year-old. Can any of these principles apply to someone? Or is there a cutoff where it's like, oh, nope, now there's a new set of rules. Well, technically a toddler is any kid that can quote unquote toddle. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that was a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but really we designed our page and the course with kids about one to six years old in mind. Mm. And then it can apply to seven-year-olds too. Yeah, all of the the feeling, the behavior, the discipline, everything like that goes beyond. I mean, these this world we it literally works on husbands, you know. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say a lot of it applies for me. <laughs> it, that kind of that stuff is just basic human stuff. Yeah. And the reason then everything else is like, you know, we focus on pacifiers and potties and things like that. So that's the stuff that we kind of orient more towards that younger toddler age. But all of this stuff that you're doing with the feelings and the boundaries and stuff, that is that's lifelong. You'll use this stuff when she's a teenager. And by the way, back to your story, I'm so proud of you guys. I'm going to like cry. I'm so proud of you. because, (laughs) Like I just, when you tell me that story of her, instead of doing self-destructive behavior in the moment of feeling upset, I think of a 16 year old girl and I think of her parents acknowledging and validating for all of these years that now when she feels sad and angry, she said she still feels that it's not like she's that goes away. She's never sad or angry. She feels it and she cries and says, I'm sad rather than going out and doing self-destructive behavior because she doesn't know how to handle. It's making me emotional. I hope I hope that's sad or mad is when I was 16 and I got sad. When I was 16 or 20 or even 25 and I got sad or mad, I would go out and do things that I'm not going to mention on this podcast. I was self-destructive <laughs> because I didn't know what feelings were. I didn't know what a good coping skill was when you do feel that way. So I'm super proud of you guys. That is awesome. Aw, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That, you know, that's obviously the goal with everything. And that just, that made me feel really good because that's what we hope to encourage and what we want to foster. And, you know, okay, so I think that, We've got kind of tantrums out of the way, but one behavior that we still find ourselves running into, and I know a lot of our listeners have the same behavior problem, they will be telling their kid, you know, okay, we're not allowed to draw on the wall. We can't take that crayon and draw on the wall. And Lucy has looked us in the eye as she's looking at us. She has a crayon in the other hand and she starts drawing on the wall. And it's like she's intentionally being defiant and oppositional. 
how do you handle that? Because she doesn't she doesn't even care at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, sometimes they are going to test our boundaries to see what we do, and that might be the case. Because it sounds like she's like looking you in the yes. eye. She, knows she loves what's it. Going on. Yeah, it's like a Chucky. Yeah. Yes, she's Chucky. Yeah, yeah. So in that moment, <laughs> you you can give a warning calmly, confidently, you know, markers are for paper, markers are for paper. And if you see her still going towards the wall, you'll just calmly, swiftly swoop in and say, you know, I'm going to help you bring the markers to the paper now. And you may have to go over and take the markers and bring her over to the paper and help her draw there. And look, like if it keeps happening too, you can always say, okay, so we're going to put the markers up here. They're going to stay up on the shelf for a while and give it a little bit of time so that next time you go back to the markers, like we'll see if she can do it again. She can have another shot at it, but it may be a natural kind of related consequence is what we'll call it. That if you are drawing with the markers on the wall, then the consequence is the markers may go away for a while. Right. And this sounds in the moment, like very, I don't know, fluffy or idealistic, if you will, because you're like, oh, well, you see your kid drawing on the wall. So what you want to do is you want to swiftly. But the reasoning behind it is it's a trap. Don't fall into the trap. If she's throwing, drawing on the walls and you go, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? What are you doing? She's looking at you in the eyeballs waiting for your reaction. So when you give her that reaction, what she's doing, by the way, if it really is, she's looking at you, Mm -hmm. she's saying, I need attention in some way, some form. And it's not your fault. Like, I'm sure you give her a lot of attention, but maybe like the baby's been getting more attention. Maybe there's just no reason. Okay. Or we're in COVID and things are just hard, whatever it may be. She's saying to you, I need attention. And so in that moment, this is a test. (laughs) And if you give her a bunch of attention, even if it's bad attention, even if it's grabbing her by the hands and looking her eyes and going, no, we just gave her a lot of attention. And our toddlers are so desperate for our detention that even if it's bad attention, they'll keep doing it. So they'll say, okay, I'm, you know, internally they're feeling like, oh gosh, I really need attention or I'm just feeling this way. I'm going to go to the wall now. I'm going to draw on it because that's how I know to get mommy to stop doing the dishes, put them down, turn the water off and come over to me and look me in the eyes. So that's why staying calm and just cool and collected and being like, markers don't go on the wall. They go on the paper. One more shot. Okay. Markers are going up here now. All done. Mm -hmm. You're sad about that. It's okay to be sad. That moment is over. We've taken care of that. We've given her a consequence. And then maybe we give her some attention at a different time. Now take her out for ice cream, give her just 10 minutes of that 10 minute miracle that we always talk Mm -hmm. about, fill that tank in other ways and give a related calm consequence in that moment of the bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Right. So attention is better than moments of quiet, like a timeout people would call them. Right. Yeah. I think that we have found that timeouts exasperate the unwanted behavior, especially when they're attention seeking behavior, what you're doing is you're taking her and you're kind of starving her of that attention of what she wanted. And so it's not like you see her do a bad thing, like coloring on the walls, drop everything you're doing and give her really good attention in that moment. No, that's not it. It needs to be unrelated, right? Totally unrelated, positive attention in other ways. 
Um, and no, that will completely exasperate because that's the root of the problem is that she needs you. She wants you and timeouts for something like that. It doesn't make sense to a toddler brain. Like, yeah. okay, I'm, I have marker. I put marker on wall. What is the consequence, right? We don't want to take away dessert eight hours later. We don't want to, okay, you don't get mommy or daddy's love now, go over there. Or, you know, we don't get our attention, go over there. We want a consequence to be calm and related to that behavior. We don't get to have markers anymore. If you want to have, if we want to have markers, markers go on the paper. Right. Simple, easy, direct. Yeah. Anything that you see kind of like an uptick in unwanted behavior of any kind, that 10 minute miracle can be so helpful, such a game changer. And like, just in case nobody's heard of the 10 minute miracle, it's basically carving out 10 minutes a day where you're one-on-one with that child. There are no siblings, no cell phones. You give them your full attention. They get to pick the activity for 10 minutes and you just engage with them. And that's really it. It fills their attention tank with positive connection so that they don't have to rely on those, those unwanted behaviors to get your attention. And this strategy is rooted in research. Again, Dina and I were just reading through those research studies again, and it was literally like focus-based attention of parenting. And like, it seemed so many people seem, you know, maybe skeptical of this or will this really work? I'm with them all day long. Like this is real. This works. Yeah, we believe you. Yeah, we've tried it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Okay, Dina and Kristen, we're just going to take a quick break to let everyone know who we are supported by. We are supported by Mabel's Labels. Frustrated by their children's things getting lost, mixed up, or leaving home never to return, Julie Cole and some other mom friends knew that they could do better than just scribbling their kids' names on masking tape. From there, the idea for a new product was born. The very best personalized waterproof name labels and tags that are equally cute and durable. If you're not labeling it, you're losing it. That's an expression I just made up. (laughs) See, Lucy loves them because some of her labels are in the shape of hearts. She's got cherries or hedgehogs and they're just, they're so cute. But Shane and I love them because they are so handy. They keep us organized and they keep things in place. Their line of products features so many different things from baby bottle labels, allergy and medical alert products, sports labels, household labels, and seasonal items. Everything is extremely durable. I mean, laundry, dishwasher, and microwave safe, and everything is 100% guaranteed. So head on over to mableslabels.ca to start creating your very own labels and use the promo code thisfamilytree15 for 15% off your order. They deliver internationally and offer free standard shipping in the U.S. and Canada. Again, that's mableslabels.ca and thisfamilytree15. But we are also supported by... Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. They believe in quality over quantity and make the absolute best basics for your littles. The only thing annoying is they do not make adult clothing yet. I know, I know, yet. I can hope for that one day. But they have the most fashionable wardrobe staples that are so soft, comfy, and timeless, and they can be passed from kid to kid regardless of gender. And they're always easy to put on, zip up, get on the child without fuss. Yes, without fuss. And Lucy loves it because she just feels like she's in play clothes all the time, even if she's looking, you know, extra cute. 
The organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. And if you shop Mini Miyash, check out their knit collection, which includes organic merino wool, upcycled polar fleece, and Sherpa fleece. Our favorite is the Varsity Romper, and we just got one in Jersey, which is also amazing. They're on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it, and Mini Miyash believes that every little bit counts. You can find the company online at minimiyash.com or at minimiyash on Instagram and Facebook. Use the promo code thisfamilytree15 for 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and the US. Again, that is minimiyash.com and thisfamilytree15. Ain't that the truth, but now let's get back to our interview with Dina and Kristen. Now, we don't do timeouts of any sort. We, we never have. But what we do do is something called quiet time. And that used to be called nap time. But then we realized naps aren't exactly happening. There's no sleeping. But uh, today, for instance, while we're doing this interview is quiet time. So Lucy's upstairs and she was just screaming two minutes ago. Uh, and I went up there before this interview to try to hopefully uh, pacify her. So maybe she could be quiet for the duration of this interview. And she said, I'm tired of quiet time. So is quiet time something we should be doing? Or are we just kind of creating a weird prison for her up there? I do quiet time every day in my house. If, if it's not a punishment, then it's like not. we're all for quiet. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to do quiet time, but I personally we like have to. to. <laughs> we like to. Yeah. Uh, I need like we used to have nap time. Now we have quiet time. This is not <laughs> this is not a negotiation. And so, yeah, as long as it's not punishment based, then it's to- it's absolutely OK. And in the process, by the way, at least my kid has learned how to kind of play with herself and independent play. We've seen a lot of benefits come from doing this every day. It doesn't come without sometimes those, you know, I'm done or I want Mm -hmm. this. And it goes back to keeping those boundaries in a loving Mm -hmm. way, of course. And sometimes we have to like, I'll decrease the time, you know, you ever get into just like a a quiet time rut. Our quiet times are seven hours long though. Is that too (laughs) long? (laughs) You have to. My quiet time is from 12 hours. You know what I mean? 7 a.m. Okay, time for bedtime, kids. That's a joke. Yeah, of course, of course. What is the, the so good time? So we max up at one hour. Okay. Do you guys use the, the clock? You use like the hatch, like a little visual clock for her that turns okay. green? No. I've, I've heard of grow clocks and hatch clocks, and mm-hmm. I want one of these for nighttime too, but yeah, we, we don't have one. Yeah. The hatch rest is a game changer. It really is. And there are less expensive options too. So yeah, there's tons. That is a game changer because a toddler has no concept of time. So when she goes into that room, she doesn't understand if it's been three minutes or if it's been an hour or if it's Mm. been seven hours. And so whenever we start quiet time, we always recommend using that light. So hers starts red, Lulu's right now, it starts red. And when we were just starting to ramp up, we started with two minutes. And when the light turned green, Quiet time is all done. Yay. Oh my God. That's yay, so yay, yay, yay. And then we would increase one minute every single day. And that's how we got to an hour. Then once we face some problems or if you're in kind of like a rut, A, using some new novel activities. I am the opposite of an activity mom, but I literally would just like, you know, get some round stickers and paper and be like, make a castle make it a little bit creative and fun, right? To just get over that hump and then decrease that time still using that. Okay. Do you see the light? Do you see when the light turns green? Cause there's an ending. We know she can look at the light and be like, okay, nope, it's still red. And when it's green, it's like, woohoo, we did it. Like every time still to this day, I'm like, woohoo, woohoo, it's green. That's good. That's amazing. Yes. We need that. I know. I know. Yeah. 
you know, in regards to that, we think of bedtime and quiet time. Lucy has an issue with creating and extending her bedtime period. And Shane's been kind of dealing with You mean with this. her bedtime routine? Yeah. Because yeah. he puts her to bed and I deal with Betty. And we put them down at the same time. But Lucy, it's like every week there's something new that she adds to her routine to keep Shane in there longer. And mm-hmm. it's never, ever, ever enough. How do we tighten that? Do you want to give us examples? What is she asking for? Are they stalling? Okay, so I have to pretend I'm a tickle monster. Then I have to read four books. Then we have to throw all of her stuffed animals in like we're playing basketball into her crib. Then she needs a thing of water. Then she needs a little cup of milk. Then I have to put on her her purple lips. Then she has a pink lip chap that she likes then i have to put on the pink lip chap (laughs) then i leave and she knows i'm gonna come back it's like an encore so i have to leave for it to happen it's like daddy then she's like you forgot to sing me a song but if i sing the song before i leave she'll ask me to come back and sing it again so now i just come back and then i have to play the lion sleeps tonight on my iphone (laughs) and then i have to play somewhere over the rainbow on my iphone and then I build her a little fort <laughs> in, in in her crib, and I have to throw in the little stuffed animals down the chimney. <laughs> and then, as somewhere over the rainbow is playing, I, I sneak out and let it drift off quietly because I have the phone playing in my pocket. This and is that's their the nightly routine. routine. But it started out with me just being the tickle monster, mm-hmm. and it just grew and it grew. So it was it was originally like a two minute routine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no this. This sounds like a bedtime routine we recommend. Just keep doing that. That's like exactly textbook, you know? That's when we say make a bedtime chart, it goes through each one of the things that you said. So it's great. Okay, but really, I I would say probably make a bedtime chart. And Mm -hmm. listen, you can even weave in some of those activities. Some of them, maybe not all like 45 that you just listed, but... If you put a chart where like you write it out, okay, so first we're going to do tickle monster or like even start before that start with, okay, we're going to go upstairs, put on our jammies, brush our teeth. We'll read a book. We can do tickle monster, maybe like one more, two more of the activities, but really like make this concrete. So it is on this sheet of paper and you can even put a little picture next to it to represent a picture yeah. for sure. Cause yeah. you won't know what it is. Right. So we mm-hmm. want a toothbrush, picture of a toothbrush, picture of a bed, picture of a tickle monster. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then leave a little space at the end for her to either like check off each step, or she can put a sticker next to each step as you go through the routine so that she has some age appropriate power. And it feels like she's involved in this bedtime chart and it's exciting. And so it's like, oh, okay, Lou, what's next? Go to our chart. Let's go see. Oh, it's it's Tickle Monster time. Yay! And then, you know, she can come put the sticker on after you do Tickle Monster. And then, of course, like, it's going to end at some point. It's very clear. Now it's time to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and prepping is going to be key here because we can't just like spring this up on her at the last mm-hmm. minute and you guys need to prep yourself so i would pick a day that you're ready to do this and then we're starting this mm-hmm. because the worst thing, one of the worst things you could do is to do this and then we end up doing you know the whole charade again and now we can't you know this it's meaningless it's gone it's gone like that tactic is out the window so pick a day that you're ready to start prep her maybe the night before about how, okay, this is the last time we're doing all of this routine. And then tomorrow we're going to do something really fun. When you wake up, 
like first thing in the morning. That way we're still talking about it. I would let her be involved too. When you're making this big chart, mine usually like when we did it, it was on like a box, like a cardboard box. So this does not need to be fancy. And she's right there alongside you. And we're like, okay, we're going to pick five things. One, two, three, four, five, make it fun, whatever. And she gets to pick which five things and kind of in what order, if you want, if that feels right. Right. So it's like, okay, what do we do first? Right. And she's coloring and drawing on it and she can pick. So we're like, okay, we have, you know, tickle monster. We have lip gloss thing. We have this, which one do we want to do? And then be really clear where it's like, okay, so tonight, these are the five things we are not doing X, X, Y, Y, Z. Then once she gets into her bed, we want to prep her with, okay, so once you're in your bed and you stuffed animals and dolls, what happens when little Mr. Bear asks for, you know, blah, blah, blah. Daddy's going to come in and say, it's time for bedtime. Good night and walk back out. And just having her know that that's what's going to happen over and over and over using little dolls, letting her in charge and stick to it. You can even have her role play it with you where it's like, okay, let's go in your room and practice during the daytime. So it's like, okay, you want more, you want daddy to come back in for another Lion King song. Like, okay, you pretend and then you give her that answer and say, okay, it's bedtime. You know, I'm going to go. I'll see you in the morning. I love you night, night and do it over and over. And then even switch roles, have her be daddy where she gets to be the one who says, okay, it's bedtime. I love you. See you in the morning, night, night. Mm -hmm. Okay. What if all this, uh, I do it, but she still throws all the animals outside of her crib and calls daddy. Do I just ignore it for a few nights and, or do I, what do I do? So we have this full plan in the course. I know you guys have it. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it's pretty nuanced too. So you guys should really watch it because it involves, again, so much of that prep step, so much of the power part and so much of the, it's just, it's such a big plan that we usually don't even like bring it up on social media because you got to get like everything really right. I don't want somebody to listen to this and then wing it. And it's, you know, it has to be exactly right. But generally speaking, you are going to gently hold that boundary. So you can go in, you just can't do all those things that you used to do. And you want to keep it so boring. We're not escalating. We're not negotiating. We're not coming down. Mm -hmm. We're going in so that she knows she's safe. And that same bedtime boring phrase over and over. It's time for bedtime now. I love you. And she knew that this was going to happen, right? She was anticipating. And now you're following through on what you said. And so much of when we see bedtime stalling, so much of it is again, like just wanting attention, wanting to play and hang out. And so we can kind of shift that to the daytime, ideally with the 10 minute miracle and maybe even build in a lot of the activities that were happening at night. You can do them during the day, even if she wants to do them at the 10 minute miracle. Yeah. And tell her that too. be like, you know, lipstick time is not for bedtime anymore. Now it's time for, it's, you know, it's at 10 o'clock is when we do lipstick time. Yay. It's lip chap, but yeah. All right. I don't know what you're doing over there, but I love it. So, you know. Now, I, I have one last question for you both. And, you know, you're both now mothers, you are both professionals in, in, in a different sense and bring so many different perspectives to the table just between you two. But being so inundated in this parenting world and behavior world, you know, obviously none of us are perfect. And I want to know what each of you struggle with as parents and if there's some things that you need to constantly kind of remind yourselves. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of it. Um, you want me to go first, Tina? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. My biggest struggle of parenting, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at like the boundaries thing. I'm pretty good now at not beating myself up. I used to feel a lot of mom guilt. I used to compare myself to other moms that were on Instagram that like, why do they do activities? I cannot bring myself to do an activity. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) And it took four long years to get to be like, I am this mom. That's awesome. Like I have great qualities and I have bad qualities. That's one thing that I do still struggle with and has always been a struggle is control, I guess, is like, you know, I'm a very type A personality. I think that's probably why our business is very successful. I like things to go the same way, the same time at the same day. And that's not how kids or human beings work. Right. So like when a kid gets sick, I am like, ruined. I am like, what are we going to do? My brain just goes into panic anxiety mode. And that's something that I still literally actively even work on with a therapist Mm -hmm. because kids are not going to do the same thing every single day. And that's just life in general. So that's the one thing that that control and like predictability, I still sometimes struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I would say for me, because my baby is only four months right now. And I will say you know, even as a therapist, knowing a ton of things, having lots of tools, like this newborn stage was really, really hard on me. Like I cried a lot, <laughs> lots of meltdowns. It's just, it's really tough when you're so exhausted and to show up morning after morning and day after day and like morning and night are all the same <laughs> So, and I really struggled with breastfeeding too. That was a big part of my journey. So there's that piece. But then also when I think more of like when my baby Hunter gets into the toddler stage, I already know what my biggest challenge is going to be. It's probably going to be around food because I have such a complex like read disordered eating history. (laughs) So I know for me, it's going to be really hard for me to not say things like, like, Ooh, look at this treat. We're having cupcakes today. How great. And like, eat your broccoli, eat your broccoli, like be a good eater, you know, feed your body healthy things. So I just know that that's an area that I'm still like mentally working through. And then when Hunter in just a few months now is going to start experimenting with solids, I'm going to have to be very mindful of how I speak and what I do. No, yeah, I know. That is so tough. That is tough. Even when you were talking about the cupcake just there, I was like, oh, I want that cupcake. Then you said the broccoli. I was like, I don't want that. That's not good. <laughs> no. The cupcake sounds yeah. so much better yeah, than way the broccoli better, in yeah. that scenario. Yeah. And that's it. Kristen's kids eat like full raw pieces of broccoli before dinner. That's what we need to really? get our wow. entire family on to. <laughs> I was going to say like, Dina's moving to Denver. And if there is one thing, I am not good at everything in parenting. Let's just say that. There's no way. Like, And that that's a lot, sometimes a lot of pressure too, mm-hmm. right? Where if I'm out in public, like just know this, that- I am not a perfect parent. My kids are not perfect kids, but I will say eating got down. So when Dina comes, like we're going to, we're going to do the whole raw broccoli. We're going to play it cool. <laughs> Cupcakes are the same as broccoli or the same as whatever. Like we literally, I think for lunch today, we gave our kids cookies on the side and they, they didn't touch the cookies. And sometimes they wow. do. Sometimes they eat the cookies first, but then other times they just don't touch it. They just eat. They had asparagus and like deli turkey meat, to be honest, just on a plate with some crackers. And they just left the cookie there because like today they didn't feel like cookies. That's okay. Good for them. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. You could start big little feedings, 
Maybe that could be the next thing. I don't know. <laughs> Side Just, project. But my last question, this is a quick one. I know uh, we don't want to take too much of your time, but how many coffees a day do you have? <laughs> have you been watching me right now? <laughs> well, it, it, I always think about that because I find three is too much, but two seems like too little. So This I'm, is a hard hitting question. Yes. Um, are we talking about pre-pandemic or post-pandemic? Are we talking about right now? Now, the now times. Now. Oof, oof. Um, ooh, I'm like a steady stream right now of coffee. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Oh, so it just doesn't stop. It's hard to even yeah, keep track of I, the cup. Yeah, I don't keep track. Do you keep track? Do we keep track? I, I have I about two and a half cups a day. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it at two and a half. What about you, Dina? Yeah, I do. I have a little trick. I actually make mine half decaf because mm-hmm. I really just, it's like a habit. It's a ritual. It's, nice. it's like yes. a comfort. Feels good. So in the morning, it's like half normal, half decaf in the same pot. Boom. You're good. Okay. So how many cups of coffee, knowing that one, it's half decaf, half, half normal coffee? I'll do the math. How many cups? Two to three. Okay. So that's like one and a half. Math. Yeah. She'll do <laughs> I mean, the math. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Am is, I, is my brain firing today? This is <laughs> that was good. That was fast. Whoa. Um, in a pre-pandemic world, may I just say, I used to have one coffee in the morning and that was it. Wow. Like I, wow. that was, I know. Wow. I know. I like, I just like the something warm. It's like a hug mm-hmm. as the shitty day goes on. Is that you because know? you're very good with your money and you're probably out in pre-pandemic times and you're like, oh, I don't want to be wasting money at Starbucks. Is that why you think? I don't think that's what it is. No. no. Okay. <laughs> All right. No further questions. Investigative. I can't say that word. Investigative. Investigative. (laughs) Yeah. Just skip that word. Well, (laughs) yeah. I need another coffee. Hard hitting journalistic questions aside, ladies, where can listeners go to check you out? Go find you if they are not already one of the 1.3 million people who do so. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram mostly. That's where the the big the big shots are happening. It's Instagram. We're posting every day and stories, tips and tricks. So that's Big Little Feelings. And then you can also find us on our website, biglittlefeelings.com. And that's where you can find our toddler course where we have just that one course. It's just winning the toddler stage with literally every single thing that you can possibly need for the toddler age all in one course. Beautiful. Girls. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk with you again. And really, thank you so much for your time. We we always love it. And we're going to have you back when you're at 2 million. So that could be in probably a month at the, <laughs> the growth rate you're going. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But yeah, guys, enjoy your weekend. And thank you so much. Thank, thank you, guys. Right. We love being on. We love you guys. I love, love having you. you. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye. They always have so much great information. And I feel like we have modeled our parenting completely off of what they espouse, like just their stuff. Are you more of a Dina or a Kristen? Am I more of a Dina or a Kristen? Well, I don't know. Good mix of both. What about you? I feel like I'm more of a Kristen. I feel like you're more of a Dina. Okay. All right. I like this. So it's like the new (laughs) sex in the city thing. (laughs) Yeah. Are you a Samantha, a Dina, or a Kristen? Yeah. But seriously, do you consider yourself to be more Dina? I guess I could go with that. I'm more of a Dina, but I'm into that. Yeah, I'm also comfortable being a Kristen. <laughs> I wonder who would they say they would relate more to out of you and They're I. They're probably both fighting over this right now. They both want to be ashamed, but it's like, no, only one of us can be ashamed. It's like, I want to be ashamed. Being- <laughs> Sorry, ladies, if you have to be an Alex. Yeah. Womp womp. Well, I am a fun guy. 
You are a fun guy. But this is a fun segment we're going to have. This is where Alex has taken on a bunch of questions, done a ton of research to answer the questions, and I'm just here along for the ride. I may contribute my two cents. I may just sit back and listen. Stay tuned to see what I do. But listeners, if you do have questions for us, I ask pretty much every Saturday, please write in. We are so happy to hear yeah, from everybody. It doesn't even have to be Saturday. Just send us a DM, yeah. shoot us an email, thisfamilytree.cunningham at gmail.com, and we will answer your question while Alex will. <laughs> All right, first question. Now that you're a parent, do you see more similarities between yourself and your parents? So I would say... Yes, I I definitely do. I think that I'm, you know, my parents were always calm in a sense. They're very upbeat and they're always trying to, you know, have fun and make jokes and get everybody riled up in a good way. But then if something was to happen that was bad or negative, they were very calm when it came to negative reactions. They never had any knee-jerk reactions to bad things. Which the longer I parent, I mean, mind you, Lucy's only, you know, less than three, but I think that I have that in me. And I think that like when something bad happens, I I'm good at keeping my composure, not yelling, not getting too frazzled and, you know, being like that. So I, I hope that that carries on. I hope I can bring that into teenage years. We'll see. But yeah, that's that's my hope. What about you? I'm exactly like my mom and my dad. Yeah, I am. My mom was more loving. My dad was more... Well, like discipline. He's the d- disciplinarian. No, my mom would spank me also. <laughs> <laughs> they, they both shared the spanking responsibilities equal. But yeah, my dad was more moody. And my mom was very like loving. And I'm kind of like that. I'm, I'm a mix of that. Yeah, but I, I don't see you getting moody when it comes to your parenting. No, I'm never moody with the kids. Uh, yeah, I'm not. And you're also incredibly calm when it comes to Lucy being naughty or whatever it is. Like yeah. you, you don't have knee-jerk reactions when it comes to parenting. No, it's tough with kids, you know. I know. <laughs> and also spanking, we don't do No, that. I would never. I, would, I don't spank. But I guess I'm thinking of how I am with you. I'm more, I'm moody with you. Right? Yeah, well, I think I also have more of a knee-jerk reaction to you doing something wrong over the kids. Yeah, and I mix that up with parenting. Parenting, I'm actually, yeah, probably different than my parents were. I'm more outgoing and huggy and mm. uh, wouldn't spank. But, you know, it was a different time for them. No, I know. I know. But your parents were, I guess, somewhat in a different time, too. My parents are older than yours. Mm-hmm. But Five they years. still they still didn't spank. No, my parents spanked. My mom spanked me once because I ran across the street without looking and a car had to slam on its brakes and like my mom thought I was going to die. It was a very sketchy situation. If that car won't hit you, I will. (laughs) No, but she she spanked my butt one time and I never ran across the street again. Spanking works. (laughs) That's the takeaway. Sorry, uh, big little feelings. If you've ever gotten one takeaway from this podcast, I hope that is it. All right, the next question. Demi Lovato posted a strong view on gender reveal parties. What are your thoughts on it? So for those who don't know what this is about, Demi Lovato reposted a comment made by transgender rights activist Alok Vade Menon, which read, it's both insincere and incorrect to pretend that gender reveal parties are not transphobic. Gender reveals are based on the illusion that genitals equals gender and that there are only two options, boy or girl. So this is a little bit tricky for me. 
I think gender reveal parties can be weird, but... They're just sex reveal parties. That's They're, what it but is. But you just don't want to call it a, a sex, sex reveal. reveal. But, you know, I think that gender reveal parties, for what they are, are more based on, like, life celebrations and making the parents feel excited, the expecting parents feel excited, uh, rather than finding out the actual sex of the baby and getting excited or not excited based on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do want to say, on the topic of gender reveals... I say don't have them and invite a bunch of people because number one, you know, maybe people don't want to go to find out the chromosomes of your baby. But number two, they are dangerous. Oh, come on. You're only talking about the highly publicized ones where they're like exploding things. The fact that this happens every couple months makes them dangerous. Did you know? So I looked up. I wanted to see how many people have died at gender reveal parties. I couldn't find the number. Oh, it's like World War. As recently as four days ago, all right, this was the headline from four days ago. Expectant dad dies after gender reveal device explodes in his home. The dad-to-be was killed and his brother was seriously injured. Yeah, I think the rule should be no sex reveals that involve explosives or anything elaborate. If you're hitting a pinata and two colors come out, (laughs) I just think it needs to be simplified and not be an explosion or a fire torch or something. Well, the the fire, there's a fire in California this year too. Yeah, the wildfires. Burned 22,744 acres over 23 days because of a gender reveal and they could not put out. That's that's horrific. But you know, it, it would be like banning a party because fireworks happen at parties the 4th of july there's lots mm-hmm. of accidents there's things so i think just the key is if you're gonna have a party any party be responsible yeah. like you know all those games you play at a baby shower yeah no explosives yeah i think that's a, that's a good bottom have line have you looked up how many women have been hurt by fake penises at baby showers no have you the statistics are staggering <laughs> Not deaths, but just um, eye pokings. So maybe we get rid of those too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, by the way, I think the the fake penises are at bachelorette and hen parties, not so much baby showers. Okay, that makes sense. All right, <laughs> I, I mixed those up. So next question: We know you and Shane as parents, but are you aunties or uncles or godparents to any children? No, and I would love my brother and his young girlfriend to quickly get married and promptly have children so I can be and so my kids have friends to play with I would love if your brother's young girlfriend got pregnant and <laughs> what, you, you said it it sounded weird when you said it but I was like hey I'll try saying it no of, of course she's not I, young she's, she's an adult you said it so I just repeated it I know it sounded weird but yeah Jake's girlfriend your brother's girlfriend is in her mid-20s which seems very young if you're pushing 40 but Jake is what five years younger than you he no, is, he's no, two years old. He's 30, yeah. No, oh, so he could be having children soon, which I'm all for. I would love to be a, would I be, would I be a step uncle? Why step? I, 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 this no, family stuff uncles, confuses me. Uncles work just by, you are the brother-in-law, so you would be the uncle. I'd be a legit uncle? You'd be a legit uncle. Oh my goodness. You'd be a real oh, uncle, yeah. That's so cool. You'd be Uncle Shane. Wow, because my sister's not going to have children, so that's what she's saying. But sometimes she changes her mind, and Tiff is 40, so I don't know. She's on the fence, but I don't think I'll be a biological uncle in my life. Well, here's the thing. The niece or the nephew that we would have would be kind of, like, you wouldn't share the same blood as them, but... Share the same that, blood as Lucy uh, yeah, and, and, Lucy and uh, Betty. Betty. So yeah. it's like biological in that sense, you know, and that is so cool, I think, too. 
But if this hypothetical niece or nephew scores a wicked three-pointer in a basketball game, I won't be like, that's where they got it from. You, know, <laughs> you that's can all tell I'm people. Saying. Yeah, I guess the three-pointers would be because of me. Well, you start your layups from the three-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next question. Push presents, yay or nay? What do you think, Shane? You start. Yeah, I like them. Did I give you a push present with the first child? No. Did I give you one with the second child? I can't remember. Did I? You did. You said, I want to give you a push present. Why don't you pick something out? So I did, and I picked out some really adorable earrings. Did Was that good? Yeah, it was great. Okay. I like them. Yeah. If you have the money, do a push present. If it doesn't even have to be a lot of money. Well, if it's like a thing of Timbits, it might be like, this is my push present. Like, well, depending on the situation, maybe. Okay, if if it's a real thought that counts yeah. and it's like a nice card and a thing of cupcakes, I guess that would work. I'm all for anything that makes somebody happy. Yeah, so, you know, initially after Lucy, I heard people talking about push presents and things, other people that I knew that were having babies and whatnot. And I was like, oh, that's stupid. Like, I don't need a push present, blah, blah, blah. But then turns out when you asked me if I wanted a push present, I 100% needed a push present. Well, who doesn't want to give? And Yeah, but also after having gone through a very traumatic birth one time and then not having like a piece of jewelry at the end of it, I was like, oh man, you know, I definitely want something since I'm doing this again. You know, you get a gift for a host of a party. Mm-hmm. A party's like a couple hours a night. I'm hosting a fetus for nine months. Definitely deserve a gift. So, you know, if you are maybe thinking of dropping some hints that you want to push present, and I mean, go your own way. You think they're silly, then think they're silly. Don't get one. Don't give one. But if you want one or you're thinking of getting one for your partner, I have a couple ideas for you. So idea number one, jewelry can never go wrong. Can never go wrong. Necklace, earrings, see what your partner wears, get them something nice. Number two, a new camera. Maybe one of those Instamatic cameras. Like, what do you call those? Are they Instamatic? What? Disposable? No, like the ones where you take the picture and go... Polaroids? Yeah, a Polaroid. Get a Polaroid camera. Number three, a new, really pretty, cozy outfit. They're, you know, the person who has the baby is going to be just doing nothing and lounging for ages. Get them something beautiful to wear. Shane got me for my birthday uh, this dress from Sleeper. And it's a one-size-fits-all. It's super cozy. It's like elastic top, so it's so easy for breastfeeding. It's amazing. Next option, a new pillow. The new mom is going to be in bed a lot. And, you know, if they're not sleeping, they're really going to need to have a good sleep when they have that five minutes to do so. So get them a high-quality pillow. We like Brooklinen. That's who we settled on after our pillow adventure. It's true. It's great. Not a sponsor. We just love them naturally. Yeah. And my last suggestion is a little getaway. Schedule it for, you know, like eight months down the line. Send them to a spa for the afternoon or something. Get them a massage. I think you can get them a massage like not long after birth, but something like that just to kind of help them just feel a little bit pampered. I would love to go to a spa right now. Oh my goodness. There's that one in Niagara Falls I really want to go to. What's it called again? Uh, St. Anne's is the other way. The Pillar and Post? Yes. I mm-hmm. want to go there one day. Same. Or yes. St. Anne's. I'd go either place. Yes. But yes. Next question. Do you think Prince Harry's son's first word really was crocodile? I didn't know what this was about. So I looked it up. James Corden did a thing with Prince Harry and was asking him about baby Archie. And Harry said that Archie's first word was crocodile. Shane, do you believe it? 
No, I don't believe, I feel like first words often are heard and exaggerated and there's a lot of blanks being filled in. Betty's is in a babbling phase right yeah. now. She just started and she'll be like, I'll give her a toy and she'll go, bap, bap. I'm like, she just said thank you. Oh my goodness, she's thanking me now. And then I'm like, you're welcome. And then she's like, bah, bah, bah. and she's, and then I'm hearing like, no problem. And it's, <laughs> I'm having conversations with Betty and she's filling in the blanks. No, I, I completely agree. I believe this. See, I believed that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's daughter painted that painting that I totally believe. Do not have a problem believing that. Baby's first word being crocodile, do not believe. So I was on Parent Science, a website, and babies say their first intentional words between 16 and 14 months. And I mean, no baby is saying crocodile. You know what I mean? Unintentionally, maybe. Yeah, unintentionally, but that doesn't count. We just had a call with some other experts and they said, first word has to be intentional and there has to be meaning attached to it. It can't just be, you know, they can't say dada, but not referring to dada, right? Right, so many rules. So many rules. Next question. Do you think parents should pierce their baby's ears or wait till the child can give consent? I'm against it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like seeing a baby with their ears pierced. Something about it. I mean, hey, if you got to do it, ultimately, it's not a huge biggie. But for me, it's one of those things I don't like, mainly because I feel like when Lou is of a certain age, she's going to feel like a r real big girl, go out on her own and get her ears pierced. But I don't know. I don't like ears being pierced. Uh, yeah, it see, freaks we, me out. We differed so much on this because it, for me, it was a given. I was like, of course, like I'm going to get her ears pierced the second we're home from the hospital. You know what I mean? I was so down to do it. And I didn't even think that there would be any pushback. And then when Shane told me his feelings on it, I, I think I, I was maybe against it for a short time, but totally adopted that. And I've done a total switcher room on my beliefs about it too yeah i'm not into it either and i think it's gonna be such a fun time when we can all go together and if she even wants to if like she my wants sister to. got her ears pierced when she was like 30 yeah if she even wants to so yep waiting for consent in our case next question is having an emotional affair as bad as one that goes all the way so i was researching every single thing online it says the exact same thing so it didn't even matter what website you go to i used an amalgamation of websites to kind of formulate my answer. But yes, bottom line is yes. Betraying your partner's trust in either circumstance is at the heart of the matter. You are betraying your partner's trust and doing something that you know they wouldn't like if they knew about it. So if something is going wrong in your relationship or you're not being satisfied in some way, you owe it to your partner, whether you are married or just committed to them, to tell them about that and to give them chances, not just a chance, but chances to remedy that and to fix that. And you owe it to your relationship and anybody that's involved in your relationship, especially if you have kids, to work on that with your partner before just seeking out the easy solution. Because an emotional affair or a physical affair, that is a very easy, selfish solution. Okay, you have to pick one. I get one night with a complete stranger that means nothing to me right. or a one hour conversation that means the world to me with some other woman. What do you prefer happens? Probably the one hour conversation. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, so the betrayal of trust from either type of affair, no, like no matter what it is, can cause as much damage to a marriage and can be just as hard to recover from. But do you have any 
different insight? No, I'm just wondering why you're not throwing it back to me. Are you not curious my thoughts? What are, are you... What's your opinion? So I have a wildly passionate night with somebody or I have an hour-long conversation with somebody that means so much to me. Yeah, well, we know you're not allowed to talk to men, <laughs> especially on the phone. <laughs> Well, that's why we started getting the groceries delivered. Why? So I could talk to men at the door? No. So they could just be dropped off and then I put them away. This <laughs> was pre-pandemic. We ju- we're just lucky called? it came in fashion. What's the show called? Oh, uh, the one with the woman from Mad Men? No. Oh, yes. Yes. Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Yeah. I my haven't o- seen it. My outfit does look like it's from the 1600s. Yeah. But, okay, seriously, obviously you're allowed to talk to men as long as I approve it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's hard. Like, we can talk about emotional affairs all day, but I don't think anyone wants to think of sex. No, I don't think anybody wants to visualize their partner with somebody else physically. No. Like, that... if. That physically repulses me. It makes me feel sick to my tummy. Like, it's it's awful. Does it make you feel... Like, do you get a physical reaction, though, if you think of me with somebody else? Like, I, I get a, a gross physical reaction, and I just... It makes me feel sick. Me locking lips. I'm sure it would. It just... Right now, I can't even imagine <laughs> it. That's how confident I am. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to uh, make you less confident. A, a yeah, woman... Yeah, that sounds like a good advice. <laughs> A woman at a nail salon once, we were sitting beside each other getting our nails done, and she was telling me the key, I was pregnant, but she was telling me the key to keeping her marriage, you know, having a successful marriage, and it was uh, making her husband always question whether she would leave him or not. This was her, her serious advice, and she'd always tell him that, you know, well, this other guy's got this or he said I was looking like this today and she said that she would always tell her husband that so that he could think that she'd leave him on a dime and then he worshipped her. Wow. Yeah, my uh, hairstylist told me you treat a woman like dirt, she'll stick to you like mud. Well, there you go. All these all these uh, great tips we're getting <laughs> from salons. But the other day I went for a walk and these younger women, like they were in their early 30s, right. they were uh, catcalling me. How'd that make you feel? Pretty good, to be honest. What, I don't talk you up enough? Do I talk you up enough? I know, but someone else doing it, it just, it was a tension. I, I, I just hadn't, I, no one's catcalled me before. It was rare. I'm sure if it, it's like the paparazzi in that mm-hmm. Britney Spears documentary. It talks about how Britney was so excited early on when the paparazzi mm-hmm. would, and she would have like a relationship and pose for the photos. But I'm sure if it was like how a lot of women are treated, where it's constantly, it's, it gets to a form of harassment, I would mm-hmm. not like it. But with just one whistle and a drive-by, I was feeling good. So I came home and I told you about it. And then you seemed very turned on by that. Well, I liked I liked that other women were kind of liking you from afar. And then it's like, nope, sorry, ladies, he's mine. And then I'm, you know, el muchacho. I'm the big champion head honcho. And I win. Mm-hmm. And I Why like all the feeling. Mexican lingo all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I was I was looking for the word head honcho, mm-hmm. and I was getting a little lost and confused and couldn't find that word on my tongue. So I, you know, okay, opted for a couple other ones. Anyhow, do I compliment you enough? Is this a question? Yeah, from me. You're just asking me. I'm that? asking you. No, all your compliments though are just like so seeming surface level. It's like how? 
Well, I don't, it's always the same thing. It's like, you look hot tonight. Put your hair in a bun. And it, <laughs> it seems like I'm a piece of meat. It's, it's like what I was saying. It, because I get it so much from you, it's lost a certain meaning. Well, I will stop. Say no more, babe. You will not hear me wagging my tongue at you saying, oh my gosh, wagging. you're so hot. Keep the tongue wagging. But what I'm saying is another compliment would be nice too. Well, I think today I told you that a video you edited was great and comedically timed perfectly and oh, how so convenient. Good. Just when you have the question on the docket that you know that I don't know is coming, which is do I compliment you enough? You just insert a rare never before no, I just heard- added that question now. I didn't look at the questions and prepare the questions until a half hour before this podcast. Well, maybe you had the confidence to ask that question because you knew you had some ammunition with a new compliment you just deployed. <laughs> well, I deployed it naturally, Shane. But, I mean, if you want to amp up your compliments to me, go right what is ahead. A com- what's your favorite type of compliment? You look ravishing tonight, by the way, but continue. That is so funny. That's ex- I'm not even the exact words. Well, we you- were just watching Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, is that why? Where we got ravishing? Yeah. Yeah, that that more often. Or uh, coming down, waking up first thing in the morning. Oh, Alex, you looked like you slept well. Like you look beautiful today or something mm. like that. <laughs> I, know, I know where you get that. It's You get it from your dad. Because every time you walk in the room, your dad goes, oh, Alex, you look beautiful. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Nothing. But that's like, I don't know. I feel it's like easy to do, Shane. I'm sure and it I is. And I do it to you. I'm sure it is. But that is something to me that... It loses it loses its value. Well, from the person who is not receiving those compliments, like you're not on the receiving end that I am in that situation, I can tell you it does not lose its value, and it makes me feel good every damn time. I guess, yeah, I do get a little bit jealous because your dad never says, "Shane, you look handsome." Well, you can talk to him about that. I will. I'm talking to him right now. He's the only, he's one of the only uh, <laughs> guaranteed listeners. Yeah, but I'd say uh, everybody ramp up those compliments because they do not lose their steam on my end. All right, our final question. What are you finding helpful to get you through the toddler years? For me, I will say I feel the best on days where I employ, and I'm not just saying this because they were our guests tonight, but big little feelings parenting techniques honestly have helped us out so much and have helped me change my mindset around bad behavior and tantrums and discipline. I also say date nights helps get me through i'm always looking forward to our date night especially since it's midweek it gives us a nice break nice reconnection and it's honestly just such a fun thing to have to look forward to and lastly i feel best on the days where i get outside time or exercise or something by myself without kids for a half hour and you know you give me big little feelings date nights and exercise and i am a happy clam yeah, exercise for me is huge. It's the one of the main reasons I find the colder months are tough for me. What exactly was the question? What are you finding helpful to get you through the toddler years? To be honest, I love the toddler years. Yeah. What's hard for me to get through is the baby years. I am not a fan of babies. Mm-hmm. Why is that? They're, they just, it's like, they can't do anything on their own. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, why? Yeah, but neither can toddlers. Yeah, they're Lou almost, can do everything But she's, she's a bigger risk because she can do too much. So it's like she always needs to be watched because she's going to do something dangerous. Lou is pretty responsible. Sometimes, not always. I don't know. I, I trust Lou. <laughs> <laughs> I can just leave her alone for hours. No, it's just Betty seems like... 
like I don't know like Anything it seems like all she wants to do is suck on an electrical wire that is all she wants to do she no matter where she is in the house she turns in the direction of the nearest electrical wire and tries to go for it and i'm just done with noises like "Eh, eh, eh." it bothers me what well then all right it's the it's the littlest amount of time to be annoyed is the the baby years yeah but why waste your time getting annoyed then when it's gonna be gone and then you're like oh you were such a cute baby no i have no i don't i don't look back at like lose baby years at all i'm not nostalgic about them I love her so much ever since she started being able to walk. <laughs> no, it's my, like, I always love her. Obviously, this sounds bad, but I just love the toddler. Like, t- two is, I'm going to look back. I'm going to be bawling my eyes out when she turns three. Yeah. Because I miss two. I love, and I'm when she turns four, I'm just, I love mm-hmm. this phase so much. And she can't, like, I feel like Betty can't even say, like, although I thought I heard she, her say Dada, she can't speak. Not yet, babe. She's learning. I can't impress her. I can't get a hug from her. I really love hugs from Lucy. Yeah, but Betty gives kisses. She opens her mouth no, a No, like, bit. she will grab your face mm-hmm. and open mouth you. And it's it's a kiss. Like, 100% yep. it's a kiss. I, she does it with intention. This. Betty is more emotionally connected to me than Lou ever was. Well, you're, you've been home for her entire life. And with Lucy, you were working so much that you really only saw her on the weekend. So yeah. I think that it's awesome that Betty gets to, you know, bond with you this way. Point is, love the toddler years. It's more just getting through the cold months more than dealing yeah. with a toddler. Yep. No, I hear you. But that's all we got. That's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I mean, wow, great guests. Great conversation. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> no, I meant like other than the guests. We had great conversation. Oh, great guests, great conversation. And I hope you appreciate it and you give us a five-star review and you leave a comment. You have no idea. It means the world to us. Which reminds me, Alex, could you read a comment? Heck yes, I can. This one is from Callie Park 1233 and she says, my favorite podcast with two exclamation marks. Five stars. Alex and Shane are both so honest, funny, creative, and easy to listen to. As soon as I put my kids to bed, I throw on their podcast. I've never seen that comment before. You is haven't? that brand new? No. Oh, wait, loving day night. Oh. All right, so that's it. Thank you so much for listening to This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree podcast, podcast, episode 75.